0: land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future
1: this is back to your story got your
0: headphones on yep, yep. so the importance daniel has many fucking uh facets right but um i don't even know if that was the right word but uh the reason that we started doing this is i'm a big person in not bullshitting mm-hmm. i grew up uh with my parents especially i'll just say my parents um who uh, they kind of made lying as just second nature. And I did that for a long time. Um, I, I remember being like fucking 14 years old, moving to Santa Clarita. And I wanted these kids to like me so much that I said that I was a professional skater and I could make these, uh, these, these like ID cards that could get you into fucking any skate park, <laughs> yeah. right? And, um, and, uh, cause I just wanted them to be my fucking friend. Uh, and I ended up making a whole bunch of them and shit like that, whatever. And it didn't work and it blew up in my face. But as I started getting older, um, you know, some people started calling me all my shit, calling me, you know, like I, I bullshit too much and this was really important when the podcast came up i don't want to be bullshitting this is going to be put out for who knows how long and how many people are listening to it if myself or one of my guests is talking about something or daniel's talking about something we want to be factual so if we don't know it if we don't uh you know we we have a thought an idea this motherfucker right here is looking it up as we're freaking
2: going. Um, so that makes sense, man. I mean, my, look, my dad's like my dad's pretty much the same way. Yeah. He's uh, very much a bullshitter sometimes, yeah. and I mean that in love. You know, of I love course. him a lot, and it and he's done some great things with it. But man, lying was like second nature to him, yeah. and for him, it went like. It went into his personal life. He used it for his business, and sometimes it worked out really well until it blew up in his face. But his personal life is just no good reason to lie like that, and you know, with cheating and affairs and stuff like that, and just constant cheating. And he used to. Now you can see why. Like it fucked me up for a little bit. He was like always deny. Always deny. So whatever comes up, always deny. I'm like, that sounds healthy. <laughs> yes. It's so true, man.
0: It's so true. My mom, uh, you know, she, she did the same. I, I love her, and this is like not anything um, to put her down, right? but this is just the way that I, I was raised. Yeah. And when lying and bullshitting and cheating becomes second nature- um, Or it's like accepted. It, of course, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. right? Um, it, you're telling these lies and it's like you fucking believe it. And it, that that was happening to me. And so I don't want that. And I work really fucking hard. That's why when I walked in today, I was really honest with him about something that I did. and um, And I'm not gonna bring it up during the podcast, but it's just, uh, it's it's really important to just put it all
2: out there i get it man i mean i honestly like when i i think up until 1819 i probably followed my dad in a little bit and like bullshit and I st- look i Wait, still you said
0: 1819
2: yeah like that i was like following him in terms of being like lying and okay being, okay and bullshit. <laughs> no, i thought no, you no. meant from 18 no no, <laughs> no no up until then and like that i would like even in personal relationships and things and i i Obviously, that blew up in my face because I ended up like cheating on my first girlfriend, and you know, and that ended up being yeah. really bad. And then since then, I was like, okay, no more of this because just the shit that you feel in your stomach when you do this just is like burnt, like it just feels like it's acid. Of you course, know? absolutely. Um, I don't know if this is just me from bullshitting for so
0: many years. I've uh, classified cheating in a couple categories, mm-hmm. right? And I know people listening to this are going to fucking hate it, but I don't give a shit. Um, you know, there are people that cheat. And mm-hmm. there are people that have an affair, mm-hmm. right? Both are wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both are wrong. But uh, when you cheat, right? It's like a one-off thing, right? We all make mistakes. We're human on yeah. um, which I, I I believe that a relationship can take that, grow grow from it if they're willing to fight through it and uh, take the relationship to the next level. An affair, on the other hand, is a completely different story. Yeah. It's where real emotions get involved, uh, where you start to care and love and and all of these things, and it's just kind of a fucking very slippery slope. Um, and right, wrong, or indifferent, I do believe that people uh, can learn and grow from their mistakes, right?
2: Oh, uh, 100%. Like, and I, I think as long as you're learning and growing from it, because my dad, not to bad him or anything, because mm-hmm. he has good qualities too, but i don't think he's ever been faithful to anyone you know what i mean and he's gone through 3 divorces at this point kids okay. like i've two half sisters which i also do my sisters yeah. so so he's kind of you know he's kind of just kept repeating his shit yeah. but the funny thing is he used to always say to us as kids don't cheat I mean? Don't cheat. It's, it's really bad. You shouldn't do this. And you know, and you should take your wife on a vacation every year. You know, and, and so he would like say the right things. But then I'm like seeing it. I'm like, why are you not following that advice yourself, motherfucker? Yes, it's you know? so true. My, my dad would <laughs>
0: do the same exact thing. It was like, um, uh, do what I say, don't do as I do, or something That's like that. That's not how right? kids work. No, motherfucker. You know? Like, if I see you doing this, right? As a young kid, kids are fucking sponges, man. 14 years old, your frontal cortex is not even fully developed until you're 24 25 years old. That yeah. is fact. So at 14 yeah. years old, you are nothing but a sponge soaking shit in. So if you see your parents doing these things and they say, don't do it, but you know, do do th- do
2: this. It no, doesn't work like no. that. You know And that's like when we we're talking earlier about like therapy and stuff. That's yeah. always always why I'm like therapy like you should even if you don't want to just do it for yourself which you should hopefully but like at least do it for your kids because they're not going to care what you say they're going to look at what you're doing yes
0: yes I mean it, it, I, I, I'm I, a big believer and we've talked about this before where I think everyone on the face of this motherfucking planet could use a good therapist yep. and I say good therapist because, because there's a lot of bad therapists I, I, I yeah. hate to generalize but uh, most be, yeah. it, it just takes well, a certain type it, of like I've being.
2: literally met people that have been in therapy for like five years or something, maybe longer. And it doesn't look like any of their issues have been brought up. Literally there was someone that I brought up something about her dad and she's like, you know what? I've never talked about that in therapy. I'm like, how has that not happened yet? Because they just, some therapists just like, They're basically friends. They just listen to their problems and just let them talk. And they're not actually working on anything. They're just letting them complain every week. And it's just like, that doesn't do shit. It doesn't do shit. Like, you know, my my therapist, shout out to Brandon um,
0: Grasky. He is a fucking genius. Uh, You know, I've been, my my wife and I have been raising my sister uh, ever since shit i don't know i must have been like 17 18 years old 19 years old um so she's been living with us all these years and we started having some we've had some issues just like every relationship but what has happened is that my role as a brother started turning into like a father Mm -hmm. and it just was causing you know a lot of shit and so what did he do he said bring your sister in. Right. And so brought her in for a session. We started talking, communicating. I mean, from that point, our communication level, uh, flipped. But he took it a step further because he realized that my sister needed a good therapist. So he set up another session where he brought in one of his therapists really nice. yeah. to then us have a group therapy. And now my sister goes and sees her on a weekly basis. And I asked him, I'm like, why, why did you do this? He goes, Brock, my, my role is to make you the be- help you become the best you and work through your past. Right. And if your sister is this thing right in your life, well, if I can help that thing in any way possible, I'm going to do it. Bro, you must have just been bawling. You must dude, be- dude,
1: <laughs> dude,
0: dude, dude. I mean, seriously, probably the first six months of seeing Brandon, yeah. all I did was fucking cry. Yeah. I remember he had to bring in someone to like watch over some shit, and I was like, yeah, no problem. It's fine. And the entire... Time. I cried, right? But flash forward, um, you know, like a year into it, we've dove deep into a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to look at, you know, issues with my mom, look at issues with my dad, my wife, my, my, my sister, right? And there's been a lot less crying, but more fucking just working and 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 just changing me and and realizing that. Because you know, like the cheating thing we were talking about before, um, there's always a, there's always a reason, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a reason why husbands or wives uh, do these things, they, they these infidelities. Um, it's not just because of this or just because of that. And if you can get to the root of the problem, right? Well, maybe you can change everything mm-hmm. about that situation. Um and I, I, I don't even know where the fuck I was going with this, but I think it's really important that people um start looking at therapy as as a tool, but finding good therapists.
2: You need to find a good therapist. And like uh, it's funny, I have a very similar story, like of someone that like really cared for me a lot. And it yeah. was not that it was a weird feeling, like I like, but it was just like unexpected. So I had been with a therapist for I don't know, like a year, year and a half. And I thought I was good. You know what I mean? I'm like, "Ah, I'm good, you know, year and a half. I'm feeling great. Let's cut the therapy. You know what I mean? I'm ready to go. You know, don't need it anymore. I'm healed. I'm fixed. I'm fixed, bitch. Yeah, and I was like, and so I stopped, you know what I mean? And so, like in three months, I regressed really fucking hard. And the thing is, once you start therapy, like a, things get worse first, obviously, but it, it opens up shit that you didn't How have dare before. You? <laughs> so it opens up shit that you had before, that you'd never had before. So you get all these feelings that you never had before. So three months, all of a sudden, I'm getting panic attacks. I've never had a panic attack in my entire life. Like I'm getting all this an- anxious feelings because I'm actually having feelings where before I just numbed shit out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it feels way worse than being numbed out. I'm just like, at least I can deal with that. Yes. So like, by the time I g- returned to therapy, because I was very prideful, so I'm just like, no, no, if I go back to therapy, I'm a failure. Yeah. I'm a failure. Then, like, no, no, you should be further along by day. like, should, yes. should, should. You know what I mean? So I come back and like, literally, the day that I'm about to enter her office, like, I'm feeling fucking nuts. You know what I mean? Like, it was getting bad. Like, you, literally, where my mind felt like it was going like, and I was literally like, I was in so, like such a bad place that I literally thought to myself, I wonder if she's gonna send me to some kind of like mental hospital <laughs> or something. And like, and you know, because I was like getting these feelings of like wanting to bite myself and like, yes. doing weird shit. And like doing these weird laughs, like just these weird things, I get it. and 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 then I went into her office, and she knew right away how bad it was. And she goes like, she goes like, "Yeah, I think you need to come in twice a week." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, "Okay." You're like, uh, "Yes." Uh, yeah, but I was like, "Wait," but because I didn't have insurance at the time, so this Ooh. was all out of pocket, and shit's expensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know. If they're coming twice a week, obviously I'm having a lot of fucking issues, and uh, but I'm like I can't really afford that right now, you know? Because at this point I was barely working, I couldn't function anymore, man. Like literally, I was barely working at this point anymore, and uh, and she did like one of the kindest things ever. She was literally like, you know what? I'm gonna put my rate like literally was from like twenty five percent of what it normally was. Wow, a full full fourth. Yeah, and and she was like, and we'll do that as long as it's needed. And I just started oh. fucking crying because I was yes. just like, "Who would like do that for me?" Like at that point, I was feeling so like you know when you're in that place, you just feel so unworthy and just like nothing, like no one cares for you and whatever. Yep. And you know how you get into those in those zones. So that was like one of the nicest things that anyone at that point has ever done for me. I was just so grateful, and and she like honestly did change my life. You know what I mean? Like I was going twice a week for a couple months, and then it got better. Yeah, and then it's always continued to get better. But I stayed with therapy. You have to. You have to.
0: That's that's the key. And yes, she is a really good therapist, right? Because to be able to, you know, take away one fourth of what she is deserved rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, It shows how much she cares. But you know, when you were talking, it it just kind of hit a point. It's like things have to get worse before they get better. And I remember the first six months, um, you know, pretty much quickly, I was like diagnosed uh, bipolar, right? Mm -hmm. Manic bipolar. And I think we all have fucking bipolar one way or another. Um, But my my, um, moods can go from sad, happy, sad, happy, Mm -hmm. all within 15 minutes, right? It's fucking crazy. But I do remember the first six months, like my, my wife from college, she's like, you, you have like your breakdown. She called it my period, right? Mm-hmm. Just joking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't take any fucking offense to it because right. I knew it, right? There's always this one time a month uh, where it was just like fucking snapped. And mm-hmm. it's because I was facing so many things that I had fucking buried so deep. And every time I'd come in, it just a little bit more, a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more. But eventually I threw up enough to where those, you know, weekly fucking breakdowns or monthly breakdowns, man, I don't I I rarely fucking have it, yep. you know, because I can You know, really analyze what is going on, what's happening in my brain, look at it from another way. I've talked about it before. Uh, Psychedelics like mushrooms have helped me work through some of the biggest things in my entire life um, because it deflates the ego Mm -hmm. and it allows you to look at your life in a new perspective and work things, uh, you know, kind of backwards up. And, For me, now looking back, I can see exactly what you said. It's like, yeah, it's fucking tough, but hang in there. If you have a good therapist, hang in there because- Your life will be better six
2: months a year. Yeah, and and and, and you know what's fun? I love how we're starting super light. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) super light subject. Yes, (laughs) it's chill. (laughs) Um, But what I love about that is that, like, when I started therapy, like, I thought, okay, I'm gonna get to this point where I'm fixed, and then I'm not gonna have to worry about this shit anymore. I was very much like goal oriented, and that's not a good way to go into therapy. Because there's never a point that you're just completely done. That's what I've learned now. It took me a long ass time. Just to tell you how resistant I was to therapy because I was very resistant. Like I grew up in a family that was like, you know, tough love, heavy competition. Like I played pro tennis. Everything was about like, you can't show weakness. You know, you can't show anything, you know, like you got to be fucking strong. And uh, so even thinking about therapy, it took me probably a year and a half of spiraling. A long time. Yes, it is. And I was spiraling hard and I tried everything that I used to do. This was when I was like 30. And I tried to do everything that I used to do to distract myself and feel better, which had been good for me up until 30. Yes. You know, and I would just, you know, sex, alcohol, whatever, partying, just like shit that gets you, like, gives you those highs, you know what I mean? And just makes you feel good momentarily. And it works, kind of. Like it works because as long as you keep doing it <laughs> and you get you get more it doesn't work. Wait, 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 like, and, and you get more and more extreme, yeah you know, you don't realize you have a problem until shit stops working all of a yeah. sudden or you get so extreme that you realize it's really destructive. Eventually it stops working. But in the moment you think it's working because you, you don't never feel that bad. No. Because you're always on the next high. And every oh time God. you get a little low, you're like, next high, next high. And you're like, I'm good, I'm good. Yep. And I never thought I even had a problem, to be honest. I if anything, I always told people like how I grew up was like, oh, it made me so strong. And,
0: yes, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, it's so yeah, cultured yeah. and blah, blah, blah.
2: <laughs> and I just felt so proud of it. And then, and, you know, at one point I was like, you know, all my relationships aren't really working out and I'm, you know, attracting some really toxic shit into my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not working. But even then I was still so resistant. So I took another year of just trying to distract myself. Did not work. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to do something about it. But because I'm so resistant, I was like, you know what? I think I need performance coaching. <laughs> That's what I need. Mean. <laughs> what the fuck is performance I, no, coaching? It's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, I found like, I found like, I found this therapist that also does some performance coaching on the side. So I emailed her. I'm like. I think I need performance coaching. You know, I need I need a goal in life. You know, because that's the answer. And then yes. as I get there, I get into her office and it's like this 15-minute free session till like I get to know each other and see if it's a fit type of thing, which you should always do with a therapist. You should yeah. like almost interview multiple people mm-hmm. and see who you fit best with so we're 15 minutes in and she's like yeah i don't recommend performance coaching for you <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you should do therapy yes. and i was like okay <laughs> i was like okay i guess we'll do that <laughs> yes yes you yes. know but that shit like Sub. that's how resistant i was to it well that's you know? everyone man that's yeah. i mean
0: that's, that's i mean i i know that you know um and we'll, we'll get into your background shortly yeah. um but but in in america you know it's it's changing, but for so long it was looked down upon. Oh, it's still
2: and I'm from Europe originally and I that, know. that shit's still like looked down upon. It's, like when I told my parents and even one of my friends who's the same age as me, they're like, What do you need that for? Like and my friend had the best. He was like and he meant it in a nice way, so it was fun. But like he goes like, Grego are you that fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, bro. Yes. There's a lot here. Yes, yes, yes. And so are you and you and you <laughs> yeah. and you. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone.
0: And to build up this like wall, like I don't need therapy. I'm too good for therapy. Well, fuck you. When you talk to your friends or your significant other, um, your parents, whoever, they have a one-sided view on mm-hmm. everything. That's why when you talk to your friends, a lot of them are just going to agree with you to agree with you, right? right? And that's just how we are. Well, as that's, why, that's why
2: sometimes it's, it's not even a great idea it's it's good to talk to your friends of course because i think everyone needs like outlets you need to be able to express yourself whatever Absolutely. but you should always take any type of advice especially about serious things with a grain of salt because a they're getting your biased view yeah you know what i mean so they don't like and they're really trying to support you most friends are just trying to support mm-hmm. you which is good you know what i mean the best friends at least like my friends too like the best friends in my opinion and that, those are the people that i've Surround myself now, but it took me a long time to meet those friends and call you out on your shit. They call you out on your shit, and they just say like, "Hey, you're wrong there. Like that, that's fucked up. What you did there, and and actually, with that situation, you didn't do that right. Of course, you know what I mean. So they call you out on your shit. Those are the best friends, the ones that blindly support you. That's just enabling you at that point. Of course, and that
0: happens. All the fucking time, yeah. right? It's like no. If my friend tells me something that's wrong, and I truly believe it's wrong, no fuck that. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you because I care and I love about you. If I don't, if I don't give a shit, then I don't. It's not Plus, even worth my time. Plus, if you preface time.
2: it like that, even if you're the friend, yeah, that's a great way to do it. Just be like, look, I'm telling you because I love you and I care about you, but. Ba, 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 ba. yeah you're exactly <laughs> exactly
0: 100 percent. all right so let's uh, let, let's yeah. let's uh, let's dive a little bit deeper
2: oh that was chill, that was yes, a chill yes, yes, oh, yes
0: yes 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 we'll, we'll, we'll get back we'll get back we'll get back <laughs> cheers motherfucker cheers thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the podcast i really appreciate thanks it thanks for having me absolutely man all right so um greg tell us a little bit about yourself what's your uh, what's your what's your background man i know that you're from europe mm-hmm. but um where the fuck did you even grow up
2: uh, well I grew up in Belgium actually. So I'm from Belgium originally, um Antwerp. All right, City. Antwerp. Yeah, and but I didn't really grow up there. So we we moved around a lot growing up. Um I'll just give a super quick version of this. But like I was probably in Belgium till 6 7 years old, then Canada, then America, Spain, France, <laughs> Romania, Australia, New Zealand, and I think at one point no, back to Belgium then. Yeah. So Holy shit! It was pretty Were chill, army brat. What, what <laughs> no, you that? know everyone says that. It's funny. Everyone always is like army, and I was like, no, no. just impulsive yeah Yes, <laughs> no, yes, just, yes. Uh, no, but like we like you know like there was a lot of shit going on, and like basically we got kicked out of two countries. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really nice. It's, it's fun. <laughs> can you go, Can you go back? I can. <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I My get it. dad cannot. <laughs> L- looking, looking, back,
0: <laughs> looking back um, as a child, uh, moving around so much. Right mm-hmm. for for me, I moved around a little bit. Nothing mm-hmm. like you. It was like cities. Right. Um, what was that like? I mean, you were going all over the place. Yeah, Did you it, enjoy was, it, it was. Hate
2: um, it was. As a kid, I didn't like it. Like now, in hindsight. I appreciate it because okay. it, it like exposed me to a lot of different cultures, different people. So like I feel like it's made me pretty open minded to different people. But in the moment, no. Like as a kid, you don't love it, you know what I mean, at all because you're getting like pulled out of whatever you know every time. There was a time, there was one year where um where I went to three different schools in a year, which sounds like okay, that's not too bad. But it was in three different continents. Oh my God. So, we like, I started my school year, I think it was actually in California. I was like, I think I was 16, 17 at this point, so older. But, like, I started in California, did a little bit in France, I think Spain, a little bit, Belgium, and then finished up in Australia. So, I think it was to be, it might have been four then. Oh, shit. And so it was like, and the French school, I didn't speak any fucking French. What? So, like, fuck. Because my dad was just like, you know what? Let's just put you into this public school. You know, you'll play some tennis. Get in there. So I went in there, not speaking any French, and all the kids were like, "Ah, American, American." I'm like, "No, Belgium, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Holy shit, that's crazy. I mean, when you said three different schools in a year, like, yeah, that's not like. Well, that is a lot for most kids, right? I went to three different schools um in a year, but I was suspended. No, I was. Um, expelled from three different schools in a year because I was, you know, you were a good student. I was a great fucking mm-hmm. student. <laughs> S- straight Fs <laughs> um, and a lot of drugs. Uh, th- that being said, three different schools in three different continents, three different countries. Right. That's a whole nother ball game. It's like all I can think of for you. It's like when. As soon as you get start getting comfortable, you make a friend.
2: Boom. Well, that's what happened. So, like, I figured out pretty early on in my life, like, because my earliest memories, like, which you know, obviously therapy has helped with this shit. But like, when I was like, I want to say six years old, my earliest memory is in the middle of the night, like midnight, leaving the country because some shit had happened, and my dad needed to leave the country, so we like. I remember like light shining into my driveway and shit like that. Wow. And that's like my earliest memory. And then we flew to Canada um, and I remember learning English there. And obviously, you know, kids are fucking relentless. Yes. So they just fucking teased the fuck out of assholes. you when you don't, Yeah, yeah. So they're like constantly about my English. And when I was around that age I had a speech problem. So I had like a problem saying certain letters and stuff. So I went to speech school to try to fix my shit. But as a kid, like you're just fucking feeling terrible yeah. about yourself. Kids you know what are I mean?
0: Assholes, man.
2: Kids are kids kids yeah. kids are, kids are I think kids are amazing, of but course. they can also be assholes. No, no, they're, but they're also, tr- at least they're always truthful. No, it's you know, true. That's what it's I love true. about yes, like kids yes. like that. They don't give a fuck. They just say whatever the fuck yeah. comes to their mind. I'm like, you know what? That's a good quality. Now as a fellow kid, not a good quality. Uh, I don't know what kids you are hanging out with. Cause that was a pathological
0: liar. Really? That being said, um, <laughs> that being said it uh, yeah, I, yeah, kids are awesome, but their brains are the size of a goddamn pea mm-hmm. and it's just your your the way that you look at things at the time. Like it's so funny when you look back at time, right? Everything went so slow. Summers went slow, mm-hmm. school went slow, Everyone slow. And now as you get older in your 30s, especially it's like that dot 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 every fucking day. It's like right. morning night, morning night, morning night, yeah. morning night. And it's just this repetitive thing that doesn't stop until you, you know, you punch your card and it's your time to go. Uh, but For you, you said something uh, just a little bit ago. It's like, you had to go to a French school, Mm -hmm. didn't speak a lick of French. How the fuck was
2: that? Like, Bro, I just sat in class and just didn't know what the fuck was going on. I just sat there like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. You know? And, And then the French kid's like, two or three would talk to you, but they would talk to you like you're some kind of science project. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. some kind of like like thing like, oh, look at this little animal here. Yes, You know, yes. they would like, to, the way they would talk to you is like, oh, this is like fun, but they're not trying to be friends. They're no. just like seeing you as an oddity. Of course. You know what I mean? So, so it was, you know, as a kid, it's tough. I was lucky that with all this, I always had my brother. Okay. You know what I mean? My brother was always there with me So we always had shot we're very close. Like he lives here in LA, he lives ten minutes down the street from me. We're super close. He's always been my best friend. And I think without him, honestly, it would have been real it was rough anyway. But without him, like I'm like, man, I could have turned out way worse. I get that I mean I get that. At least you had
0: someone there with you, older or younger? Younger. So but was he the scrappy one? Was he the one that would fuck up kids,
2: you know, for picking on you? No, no, none of that. None of that. Okay. Was that you? Neither one of us. Okay. Holy <laughs> shit. We just both took it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was
0: definitely the kid when I was uh, nine, 10 years old. My dad had long hair. Uh, he looked like Steven fucking Seagal, right? Mm. With this ponytail. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Um. Pull up a picture of Steven
2: Seagal if you can. My right? dad, my dad was a huge fan. Yeah. I remember watching all those action movies. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yes, dude. And um, Steven Seagal was, I was, you know, my dad was the big Steven Seagal. I was the little Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. Eh? My dad was six foot five. Would walk into a room. Yeah, dude, he's so fucking fat now. It is crazy. But this picture right here, the uh, if you go to the left, oh, oh he's no, not looking Scott. good. <laughs> All right, no, he's not. But this is it almost looks like he has a goddamn toupee on. Look at that hairline. Holy shit! Dude. Didn't he
2: become like a police
0: volunteer? I don't police know, but guy? that's that. That, he that he is came, not. He became yeah. an actual police officer. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's got a toupee. Look at that fucking hairline. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And now I'm being no, a that, little that's, kid that's making fun sure. of him, right? Yeah. But um, this is what my, my... Damn, looking at this right now looks like my fucking father. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, that, that that was me at 9, 10 years old. Long hair, ponytail. Yep. Kids made fun. Fun of me left and right. I was like the little girl. But then eventually I got to a point when I was like 11 or 12, I just started fighting back. Mm -hmm. And I was in karate all that time. uh, I almost became a black belt by the time I was like 13, 14 years old, 13 years old. And um, I just never used it because I was told in karate, right? Which was i don't know kind of maybe stupid um was like you know just kind of reserved, Mm -hmm. you know take it right um and i kind of took that to heart for a long time and maybe i was scared and like all these things but then eventually got to a point where i got sucker punched in the face one time which i do believe that every boy man uh kid every kid right that I just thinks that they're tough shit mm-hmm. needs to be punched in the face one fucking time because yeah. it's a reality check, man. I don't want kids getting in fights. No. That is not what I'm saying. But if but kind of but kind of <laughs> yes yes but kind of it's but be true. Humble. Exactly, it humbles your ass. It really really does. Um, so there there was this turning point, but I do remember getting picked on all the time, and I do know that kids can be mean as fuck.
2: Yeah, you know, and and that was tough, but. You know, it's funny. At the time, I don't think because I was numbed out at this point already, pretty early on, and for a long time. So I don't think like I was feeling it. At least not consciously, I was feeling it. So I didn't really realize it completely. Like I hated school. Okay. Like I always hated school. And like when I got older, like fifteen, sixteen, I would like like forge notes of doctors to get out of school. Yeah. Like I just didn't want to be there. You know what I mean? And and the only time it got better was when I moved to Australia, actually, which is. Wow. The most accepting country ever. Okay, you know, like if I ever got kicked out of America, that's where I would go. Really? It's, Not Canada? No, no, too cold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> too cold. But it, it, because it's such an accepting country, because I don't, I don't know why, but they're the most adventurous, accepting people I've ever met, and I never felt like a foreigner there. Well, they're stuck you on know? a fucking island, right? Right? And and they're just so accepting. They're 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 so chill that they just don't care. You know, it's fine.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and and um. You know, Australia. For the longest time, the the Britons would take their mm-hmm. prisoners. Uh, exactly mm-hmm. their prisoners, right? And so, how much of that has to play with them being accepted? Because they were such Th- outcasts. That's, that's
2: probably why they were so adventurous too. It's this like rebellious spirit exactly. that, that probably got handed down. It's like yeah. it's like ingrained in these individuals. I love it. DNA. I, I love Australians. Every time I travel, that like. You, you meet them everywhere they're, they're the biggest travelers I've met them in Brazil I've met them everywhere yeah. and they're always so fun and so chill and like just fun to be around they're like in a way Brazilians and Australians are very similar I so feel like I feel
0: like m- Everywhere except
2: America um, enjoys traveling. I mean, Europe. Weirdly, look- America doesn't travel that no. much. I saw some stat that like fifty percent of people don't have a passport, which is crazy
0: yeah. to me. And uh, maybe it has to do with uh, you issues. know socioeconomics, right? right? Maybe that's what it has to do with. Um, but also the beautiful thing about America is it is so fucking big. It's so it, it is so much. I mean,
2: just check out just California alone. Like the shit that you can see here is pretty amazing. Like I drove Big Sur once, yeah, and that is insane. And it you is. got Yosemite. Is that how you say it? Yosemite? Yeah. Yeah. And then you got San Diego, like San Francisco. It's like different. Co- like America for me, the states are different countries. Yes, so I, I went to college in Georgia, <laughs> which which is as different to California as you can get. You know, and then I did my grad school in Florida. So, well, so that's like its own fucking island. That's its like, own uh, island. Like, like all the weirdest shit happens yeah. in Florida. You know, what <laughs> every I mean? time,
0: he, dude. Uh-huh. The other day, when when uh, when he comes back, I'll see if you can find it. There was this guy, right? Um, and he, there was a semi truck driver, and he was driving. Uh, and you see this guy that was practically butt ass naked, mm-hmm. holding on to the fucking front of the car. It's like on the fucking freeway, and and the 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 driver, right? The semi truck driver is like swerving back and forth, and this guy is like holding on for dear life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I watched it, I was like, Florida. "That's in Florida. It's fucking in Florida. That's
2: where that zombie bat salt weird." Yes, shit happened yes, way yes, back. yes. There's some weird shit there, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's a weird place. Like <laughs> I like, lived I, there. I, I, I lived there like two, but like it's the only two years of my life that I of my adult life that I really disliked. Me I can, too. I can honestly say those two years. I don't remember anything. Positive from that. Yeah, a lot of
0: a lot of opiates for me. A lot of fentanyl. This was before fentanyl was like what it is i never shot up or anything like that but i smoked a lot of fentanyl yeah. during this time and it was like right after my dad died right and so it was like i'm, I'm
2: well that makes that makes sense of yeah. course yeah. oh absolutely right. my, my
0: dad passed away i convinced my mom to send me to london for the summer to mm-hmm. stay with my friend's family did that at 17 years old dropped out of fucking school uh, i came back mom moved to florida a year later after like sleeping on the street sleeping on my my girlfriend's car which is now my wife yeah. um I eventually moved, and then my wife, when she turned 18, um, moved as well. And uh, it was just a terrible, terrible time for me Mm -hmm. right if you ask my wife or my sister um or my wife's sister i'm sure there was you know memorable times for them Mm -hmm. for me it's like all a fucking blur
2: yeah look that's uh, i mean that's kind of how i feel like uh, about a lot of my childhood you know what i mean like just when you know when you're numbed out and stuff yes my memories are so fucking hazy about everything and there were good things like obviously i was playing tennis at the time like full time basically and i loved that you know like that was like my big outlet you know and and it's funny all my problems started after I kind of quit tennis. Wow. So, like, I, I finally stopped, kind of like at least at a professional high level, around twenty four, I want to say, and slowly that's when my shit started coming out because I didn't have that outlet anymore. Yes. You know, yes. all my emotions were going into tennis, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Where do I do? What do I do now?" Yes, <laughs> you know yes, I mean? it's it's so you true, um,
0: and I'm gonna dive into uh, dive deep into the the tennis. I want to know more about that. Um, but you know, when you're fucking hitting that ball, running back and forth, everything that's pent up inside, the first thing that I thought about my wife when I turned, I think, 31 years old, um, she had a surprise for me, and she, we went to downtown L.A. and. Uh, it's like this random fucking building. I go in and they, they suit you up and they bring in fucking TVs and guitars and light bulbs. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, is you just breaking the shit out of everything with great. bats and daggers and <laughs> just all of this stuff. Right. And, uh, I, I have to say, it was fucking so therapeutic. Yeah, I left there feeling like a million dollars, all this stuff. I actually did a post about it the other day um, when COVID had first started. Uh Maybe it was a little before that. Um, I have that Liam or what the fuck is that bat from Walking Dead called? I don't know what that- uh, we're looking <laughs> up with the bat, the bat, uh, Negan is his name. Uh, but he has a name for his bat. Yeah. If you could look it up. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Lucy, Lucille. Lucille there we go. Oh, no. Lucille, Lucille. Right. <laughs> it's right there. We'll take a picture of that after right? or after. Um, so like we were like, people were like throwing like watermelons and water bottles and it was just like smashing shit. And it was like in slow-mo. But the reason of the post was like, you know, Sometimes during trying times, right, and you have all this pent up aggression. It's good to just fuck up shit. Yeah, you got you got to get
2: it out. You know what I mean? You got to get it out. And and tennis, it was amazing for that. And and tennis, it's funny. Like it, I know it's known as a country's club sport, but it's it, at the high level, it's really not at all. Andre Agassi, yeah. A fucker. Oh, if you ever, <laughs> I don't know if you have ever read Open. If you haven't, no, you dude, told me about it. Check that out. It's the best sports autobiography. That I've ever read, and and I and people that don't even like tennis love that autobiography yeah. because he's so he hated tennis. Okay. So and his dad forced him to play and everything. Andre Agassi. Mm-hmm. He hated tennis most wow. of his life. Wow. You know what I mean? And wow. his story is amazing, and he's just he's he like did drugs during. He fell all the way down to like out of the top hundred and got back to number one. Just his whole story is amazing. Yeah. And he's just a very interesting guy. The way he writes, he's very philosophical. I love that. But tennis is is amazing for that. Like because at the highest level, you're like. You have a lot of emotion. There's actually a lot of shit talking going on. Yeah, I like I used it. to talk to my opponent all the time. And you, so you get all your fucking anger out. Yeah. And then when that shit's over, all of a sudden you're like, oh, what do I do? I've never learned to do this in a healthy way. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. What was you know?
0: it What was it for you that got you into tennis as a kid?
2: Uh, my dad. My dad got me into tennis like when I was eight years old. So he was like the one that coached me pretty much until I was 13, 14, and he was like, he was the one that was always pushing. He was pushing both of us, both me and my brother. Uh, but it was a lot. You know, my brother at one point quit when he was 12, 13 because the pushiness was a lot. Yeah, uh, I loved it. I love tennis so much. So like, I was kind of cool with it. And like, you know, and like... Probably Something going on, making my dad proud, type of stuff. Of course, absolutely. you know what I mean. Yes. And uh, but it was fun, man. It was uh, I, I was like literally from eight years old, I feel like training minimum 10 hours a week. Then when I was 13, I started to go up to 20, wow. you know, and it was just it was great. It's it gave me a lot of stuff that I've that I'm like that have helped me now. It, it got me into America, hey, yes, so I yeah. came here through a tennis scholarship. Um, What's so I, cool? Uh, Georgia Southern. Wow! Oh, yeah. Savannah. So it's like my brother lives. My brother lives in Savannah. He's a fireman there. Oh, right. So like the culture there is wait. Like imagine being an international student. Yes. Near Savannah, Georgia, <laughs> like man, I had people telling me like, "Hey, is uh is Belgium a city in Australia?" Wait, and, uh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a city. Yeah, in yeah, Australia, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: it's uh completely changed because the um. Will you look this up? Um, it's the art school in Savannah. Do you remember? Oh yeah, uh, Scott, Scott, right? Scott, Scott, yeah, Scott. Yeah. There we go. You're, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I went there and it was. It was awesome, man. And like, there a beautiful a, place. It is. Yeah. It is. If it wasn't so fucking hot all the time. Um,
2: well, I guess like a big, you it's know, a beautiful four place. It's very narrow minded, in my opinion. I get that. You yeah. know what I mean? That was tough. Like, it, it is like it, all the internationals, all my best friends that I've been, that we're still talking on WhatsApp, that I'm like known for like 14, 15 years at this point, is all from that school because all the internationals was a small group and our whole tennis team was international. We had no Americans on the tennis team. I think we had one American. Is that allowed? Yeah, that, that's how tennis isn't at the college Wait. level. It's all these internationals like, that want to come to America and they, and they all compete against each other. And that's kind of how most of the teams are. It's usually Americans are the minority in these teams
0: why why is that because americans don't like playing tennis or? um
2: well because the level's really high in college you know so like you get the whole world coming and yeah if you got the whole world then america's just one of them you know what i mean and america like the, i guess the tennis level did drop a lot you know what i mean and europe just has a really strong tennis level holy crap so just ta- we like all my friends are like we're from everywhere like australia london amsterdam everywhere like everywhere. It was cool. Everywhere. It was awesome. I loved college. You oh know what I mean? I, it was like the best time ever. Like I, I, these are my closest friends. We had a great time. We went out. We played tennis. It was great. I I had like the best time in college. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Looking
0: back at your younger years, what was the do you have like a, one of the most memorable moments in
2: tennis? Um <sighs> like a like a match or just fucking one time. I mean, I had I I was very proud that like at one point like I got to the Masters of Belgium in Juniors, which is basically like where the top eight go. Oh shit! And I played a guy that was at the time number one, and I ended up losing the match. But I but I played really well. Like I I think I had set points at the time, and this guy ended up like being ranked like 200 in the world. So at the time I was playing really good, and like you know through certain things like I went up and down like tennis you need the right coach okay it's very important and I like i made it a, maybe a, not a good coaching decision where i lost a year or two of my career uh and then also like mental stuff man like yes. at one point when i was starting to get like up to 20 i started struggling with motivation and what i wanted to do and then i eventually just decided like let's just go to college yeah which for tennis you can, you can go to college and still pursue it more after but the college i went to like the coach was not very good well, like, I can't regret any of them because it's all my best friends and I had the best time. But when I went there, it was kind of like, okay, you're not pursuing this anymore professionally or want to because this is not the best place for your tennis.
0: Yeah, abs- you know? absolutely. I mean, coaching is so important in any sport, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing is like motivation, right? Mm-hmm. But
2: my motivation slipped. That was a, that was a really big thing.
0: In, in hindsight, you did say something. It's like, you know what? It, it brought me to America, mm-hmm. right? Um, being, you know, a kid from Belgium, What do people look at, like, their perception of America?
2: Um, Honest, like, no
0: filter, just straight the fuck up.
2: It's mixed, you know? Like, especially now, there's a lot of, (laughs) like, negativity towards America. Like, they they have a hard time understanding how a reality star is the president. I get that. That's how they see it, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's... Yeah, so they don't get it, you know? They don't get that, like, fair enough, you know what I mean? And so there's stuff like that, and... You know that's that's one of the big things is they just don't understand why a country would do that, yeah. and then they don't get like the whole Corona response and things yes. like that. So there's a lot about that, uh, but there's also good things. You know, it's not only bad things; There's only good things because they do tell me when I'm there. They're like, "Yeah, it must be better to live in America." Uh, so, so they do. Funny enough, they say that in Belgium. I'm sure so, a lot more during the Obama years. Yeah, exactly. But even now, because they're like, "Oh, like, like there's there is more in a way opportunity here t- yeah. to start your own business and things like that." Because Belgium is way hard, tax rates sky high, yeah. like at fifty percent at, at some point. Why? Why so much? Because it's just because it's like, it's almost socialist. You know what I mean? And we have amazing healthcare and things like that, which is nice. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's it's a really high tax rate for that. So it's a lot harder in in Belgium to pursue whatever your dream is or pursue something and really stick out because there's a lot of, it's really made to create an amazing middle class. Okay. And Belgium's an amazing middle class. They're, like the poverty is definitely not as bad as America. I think America is very extreme. You have really rich and you have really poor. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's been, that's been happening it's for a while. Widening, that's widening. 100%. It's so much more. That, that's, that's been widening hard and that's difficult here and the hard thing here is your health insurance sucks here. Yes. You have amazing health Care. The healthcare is amazing. You guys have amazing healthcare, but the insurance is fucking terrible. I remember, I remember when I was in college, I played a tournament and it was in Florida and it was like 120 degrees. And I had to play like two matches that day. So I'd play, I was on court for like four or five hours. So I'm fucking dying. Like it's so hot. I'm dying. At the end, I knew I was like not feeling good. I get out of the match. I sit down, all of a sudden my whole body starts cramping, like wow. literally full body cramps. My neck was cramping, my chest. I couldn't move. Like oh. and, and, and and it's dangerous because if, if if it keeps going and you panic too much, like your heart can literally, something can happen. Wow. Uh, you can get a heart attack. People get heart attacks from that. So like they called an ambulance and I got picked up uh, and then they put an IV in and eventually it was all good. But then I was, luckily I had health insurance then but the normal bill would have been like, I think it was like 11 or 12 grand. And I yeah. think just the ambulance ride, which was like 10 minutes, yep. was like seven and a half grand. And I'm like, how? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it does not make sense.
0: I was um, in the hospital. I, I literally almost died about three years ago, t- two three like three years ago. Um, and I, I was in ICU. I was on life support, the whole fucking nine, right? Which was like, it, it was crazy. Maybe it was like two and a half weeks, right? Um, and the health insurance, right? My health insurance. Thank, thank God. Uh, I, you know, my health insurance is like six hundred dollars a mm-hmm. month. Okay, um, and I have fibromyalgia, and so I have to go see you know a doctor on a regular basis mm-hmm. to get um, the only one medication that I'm on, which is called Lyrica. Um, and for me, that point when I was in it must have been at least a half a million dollars now all i can think of right it's crazy and all i had to pay i think was like 500 bucks a thousand dollars right i can only imagine right only imagine someone in my same situation leaving the hospital a month later, they get a bill for a half a
2: million. Fucking no, it's dollars. insane. Like it, that makes zero sense, and it's on your credit too. Yeah. It, I,
0: I don't fucking understand why your 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 medical bills and your student loans, those two things, why it affects your credit.
2: And you can't it, you can't do bankrupts at least for student loans. I don't no, know you, yeah, I think health
0: insurance you can't. Yeah. Student
2: loans, yeah. um, you for sure can't.
0: Which is fucking astronomical. Mm. A multi billion dollar business. Uh, can fuck over people. Yeah.
2: I mean, like I got, I got really strong opinions even about the student loan shit. Like, because I think, I think no offense, but I think the universities here are a scam. Like, of course, a hundred
0: percent, dude, it's, it's totally scam. How can you expect, first off an 18 year old kid who's got the brain size of a fucking apple or (laughs) whatever, right? Bigger than a pea, like I said earlier, right? So, uh, to fucking sit there and rack up forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 a year. No, the, the,
2: price, the price is, I see, there is value to me in university for some things. I think for some for people, sure. like I went, I went you to, to undergrad surgeon. and then I went to grad school and I did, I did an MBA, but I can honestly say the MBA was completely useless. I, I, I haven't used anything from that ever in like 14 years or whatever it's been, 10 years, I guess. I haven't used anything from, from my MBA. It was useless, to be honest. But, I think it is useful for like a doctor. Oh for my a god! Lawyer, yeah. obviously, like yes. anything for engineer, specific things or if you go to a high enough school like a Harvard or Stanford where at least the networking type of opportunities or like maybe help it's still too much money for that because it, honestly, you can give someone that much money and you can probably create your own networking yeah. to, to opportunities that are amazing um, mm-hmm. or just travel the world for a year and probably get more out of that. Absolutely. So, so there's, there's a lot, like it just, the, the prices for it are insane. Like I, I've never understood that. And they just give it out. Like and everyone's in debt. Like dude, I, I have so many friends that are in student de- debt, 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 debt. Yeah, debt. yeah no you said and, a- correctly yeah and and there's a lot so and the numbers are like astronomical i'm just like how do they allow that it doesn't make sense
0: yeah. do you mind looking up to see how much student loan debt there is in america i think it's I think over it's a billion, trillion no no trillion, oh, trillion? i
2: think Jesus. it's a trillion dollars and i, I want to make sure um yeah that, that's insane to me like it's it's like it's a, like that feels kind of scammy to me dude but a hundred okay in belgium in belgium you pay like a thousand dollars for the year Right here.
0: There are 45 million borrow- borrowers who have collectively or who collectively owe nearly $1.6 trillion in student loan debt in the United <laughs> States of America. Yeah. What, what is the date? February 3rd, 2020. Yeah. That's is that, a this is from Forbes.com, right? $1.6 trillion. Yeah. And if all of them filed for bankruptcy,
2: it's still going to be. Yeah, 1. look, I, like $1. I always tell people, like, unless you're going for something specific, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. You no, know what I mean? Because, no I because people have asked me, like friends have asked me, like, should I, like you think I should do my MBA or something? I'm like, fuck no, you definitely shouldn't do your MBA. Like I can honestly say those two years were a waste of my life. Mm-hmm. And the only, the only reason I did that, because I, knew, I, I already at that point was kind of not super pro school. Um, Although I enjoyed my undergrad to be honest, but that's because I experienced I, I took friend. philosophy. Well that's a good class. And that's just fun. It's pretty useless, but it's really fun. I mm-hmm. am a
0: big supporter for individuals going to school, uh-huh. not because of the schooling, because like like you said, like I'm all for like, you know, a doctor, a scientist, an engineer, a lawyer going to school. A hundred percent. Like don't be a fucking moron when I say this. Like absolutely you want to be a surgeon? Mm-hmm. Yes, go to school, right? You want to be a social media marketing expert? what the fuck is the point right
2: well, now now if if you're an athlete or something like that or you get a scholarship i'm all for it I, because i think college is still amazing for what you learn there outside of the classes you know like socially well, and, no, the experience the friends, the experience that's what i was the, getting the experience that. is amazing that's it but like it's not the experience is also not worth like being like 100k or 120k travel the, the world yeah. like you said yeah you can just travel the world for, you can literally like Live in poly for four years for that, dude. You yeah. you definitely
0: can. You know, and life is about experiences. We all have a finite amount of time. Yeah. We all have a finite amount of time. So, as as a kid going and seeing the world, uh, it's going to for it's, sure. It's the best thing you can difference. do. Like I yeah. think
2: traveling is one of the it has to be like, it depends how you travel because there's also like, I think traveling is the best thing anyone can do because yeah. it like opens your mind, yes. shows you different cultures, different people. And if you stay in your one area or, and most people surround themselves with like-minded friends, mm-hmm. which is kind of natural. Um, so you don't learn too much and you think you know everything, but you don't know shit. And not that you know that much more, but at least you're like opening your mind to like, you almost get to this point where you like realize like, oh, all these ideas I have, there's always changeable and all these beliefs I have. They're temporary, and I might believe this now, but in five years, I'll probably change my mind. Who knows? But it opens you at least to that, that everything that you think can potentially be changed outside of maybe values. Obviously, values are different. Yeah, they are, Um, right? But the only thing is, like, some people travel and they're, like, do it, like, in a tourist. So they go a week to, like, Italy or Venice, and they're just like, yeah, I'm culture. Like, I learned so much from... Dude, you just did the tourist shit. Yep. Like, you might as well not travel. Then if you're doing it to learn... Because, like, you don't learn anything from that. Like, yeah. honestly, you might go there and be like, oh, it's really cool how they did the gondolas and shit. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but that, you didn't like, I think the best way, if you can, and also, this is like, very hard for, especially in America, because it takes a lot to travel from here. You need to take a long flight, it's a lot of money, whatever. Sure. But if you ever have the opportunity to live somewhere for like even a month, yeah. like that's the way to do so, it. So I'll, I'll, I'll share a really cool story. So when my wife
0: and I got married, right, we, uh, we split, we split it up. So she was in charge of the wedding. I was in charge of the honeymoon. So we had our wedding, which was fantastic. Right? It was like right down the street from this house. And, uh, then six months later, What we did is we flew to London, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, We were in London for four days. Then we took the underground, uh, you know, like the tube. Yep, underground tube, right? Went to Paris. We were in Paris for three days. Now, mind you, as I'm telling this story, right, we stayed in Airbnbs the entire time Mm -hmm. so we could be with the people, the culture, like all of that, right? Um, From there, we, we... We just went through Belgium, went to Amsterdam. Uh, We were in Amsterdam for four days. From Amsterdam, uh, we took the train to Berlin. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were in Berlin for three or four days, uh, rented an Audi A6, drove on the Autobahn all the way down to Munich. Was in Munich for three days, then got on the train, went to Venice for three or four days, then Rome, then Naples, then uh, Pompeii then fucking flew to Athens, mm-hmm. fucking lot. flew yeah. back to fucking London, and then ended our trip in Barcelona. We were gone for 37 days.
1: A long and time. it okay. was
0: the most amazing time of my entire yeah. life. I took more out of that experience than I think anything I've ever done.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. That, that's what I would want to do for a honeymoon and, type thing too. And what yeah. we
0: did was we uh, we did a lot of historical shit, which was really important, but we traveled Uh, either by, like when we were in these towns, right, either by bike or on foot, Mm -hmm. right? So you get to see the area. So you get to be, I mean, there's just such a big difference um, when you actually are on a bike riding through some of these towns and cities all across the world. And to this day, like we just did a road trip back in October. We were in, flew to DC, went up to Philly, philly to fucking nyc right and like everywhere we're in these places like riding all around dc for her dad's birthday 60th birthday on the fucking scooters man and just like such a cool experience and i think traveling is such an essential part of life um and i hope before i leave this fucking world i see as much as i possibly can and i share that because you know what? What you said is like traveling is essential. So especially when you're talking about a kid, right? For for me, when I went to London, right after my father passed away, um, it plays such a vital role of who I who I am today, right? Um, but then to even take it a step back, another thing that you said, right? You're talking about values, mm-hmm. right? I think that values are instilled in us as at, at a young age, mm-hmm. and so that correlated. When I went to Europe on my trip, right, every city that we were in, right, I would make sure to say when I went to ask a question, um, whatever language it was in, right, uh, French, Spanish, mm-hmm. whatever, Italian, um, it's like, hello, how are you doing today? Whatever language it was, right? Um, can I ask you a question, right? Or my name is Brock, can I ask you a question, right? Because it, for me, when someone comes up to me and starts speaking in Spanish or French or Italian, what the fuck, right? You mm-hmm. know, um, I'm, I'm sorry, but... You know, if you came to me and said in English, I would try to guide you a little bit better. In well,
2: that, that's how that's how it definitely goes in Europe. Like, sometimes there's this, um, the stereotype, I guess, that in France they don't like Americans, for example. Dude, it, oh man, that, I, I've, that's not really
0: true for me. You it, know? It, sorry to cut you yeah. off though. Um, out of that entire trip, it was yeah. the only bad experience, but it wasn't really? from, no. but it that's wasn't, unlucky. it wasn't from. Yeah. The, the 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 French for sure. When I was like in shops and shit like that, they would look at me, and it wasn't even them. It was um, like refugees that caused a huge mm, problem. Okay. For my wife and i and it's it's neither here nor there but it was the only city i did not feel safe in but it was
2: because of that experience that's so interesting was it in paris
0: it was in paris but it wasn't by it wasn't
2: by you know the parisians right okay uh, I, I love that city so it, it's funny but it's, like it,
0: like it is what it is though.
2: yeah it really depends like i guess it, everyone's experience is different but usually like if you go to any country francing normally too for sure and if you try the language every country just hates when you go right away into English. Yes. Because it's like, you're not giving a fuck about their culture. That's exactly You know what it. I mean? So as long as you're trying and you adjust, and I'm sure like, if you go to like, maybe Japan, I haven't been to Japan, but if you go to Japan and you try to adjust, because I think they have something like, like taking your shoes off and they have this For whole sure. ritual. And if you do that and you try, I'm sure that they're more open and, and commun- Yeah, because it's your trying. Yes. And that's any culture. Absolutely. You know? Anywhere you go, anywhere.
0: And so it's like people listening to this, if you go to another country, right, don't walk up to a person and assume that they know English. Even if they know fucking English, take a second, pull out your phone, ask Siri, ask Google, mm-hmm. just a couple words. Hello, how are you doing today? This is my name. Uh, I don't know, Look about your fucking language. Can I speak to you
2: in English? Right. Yeah. Like even Dan, just saying like, even like hablas inglés or whatever, yes. like, and just saying like, Hey, do you speak English? Yes. You're not just assuming people appreciate that already. Even of the course. fact that you're trying, that's, that's enough. Oh, a hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. Because if it, you know, for me being an American, someone coming up to me, speaking another language, I'm sorry, I don't know. I can't help you. But if mm-hmm. you at least try, right. I think the, the answer, right. the, the, the way that I might help you would come off a lot easier. Now I'm going to help you regardless. Cause that's just the type of person I am. If it's yeah. f- French, English, Japanese, whatever the fuck it is, I'm going to do whatever. I'll pull out my phone and do Siri translate. Right. But I, I think, you know, people as a whole, um, it, it especially with America, you know, having the rep that we do have, mm-hmm. um, we're not King shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, Take the second out of your day to do that. But all right, I want to bring it back to your story. Yep. All right, so you've traveled all over at a young age, right? Um, do you remember, because you got a scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like? Do you remember the moment that you touched down in America?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I still remember when I first got to the college. What was that like? Uh, well, it was, it was different than I was expecting because Georgia's way different. America's very different. Yeah. So when I got here, I was just like, 'Cause I was by myself, you know what I mean? So Your like brother? my brother wasn't wasn't with me yet because he was he's younger than me. So he came a year later. So when I arrived it was just me. So part of, like it's weird. Normally I, I guess most people would be like, Oh, and I felt like anxious or scared because I was like, oh my God, like my family's like a ten hour flight away or whatever it is. But honestly, I didn't feel that <laughs> I literally got there and I was just like, yeah, freedom. <laughs> freedom. I was just I was just so happy to be there and just so excited. I remember those first three months. everything was just amazing for me I was like yeah the food's amazing all the friends and I was so social because I had so much energy I literally felt because I didn't have many friends growing up because of moving around so I was just like finally like I know I'm gonna be here for four years now's the time for me to like build an actual life so I got there and I was just like the first two weeks just going nuts on being social I literally went to the international conversation hours which is something that they did I was just trying to hit on every girl there I was like yeah going nuts (laughs) (laughs) this is before the days of Tinder right yeah yeah way Uh before that you still have to you know do the real thing (laughs) so like i loved it man there was no part of me when i came that was like fearful of it but i also grew up different so the way i grew up was like chaotic so i was also used to a lot of changes being there i usually i used to have a harder time with calmness okay so when things got calm and things became routine that's and i didn't realize this until therapy but i would always do things to fuck it up or to sabotage it because if it felt calm i got bored and i was just like something's wrong here like and in relationships too like i'd be like if everything was calm i'd be like oh something's wrong here like this relationship is probably not good you know what i mean like and i would always have things and with so i would need some kind of chaos going on and i would always play the best when there was a lot of chaos going on Mm -hmm. so like even with tennis like when a like a coach got fired. All of a sudden I was like, this sounds like sick almost, but like I was like really fired up for some yeah, reason. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I didn't want the coach to leave, but I was like, yeah, change. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? Yes. And I was like, change. And I was just so like, now is my time to prove myself. You know, and even when a, when a girlfriend broke up with me, it was like the best tennis season I ever had. Oh my God. <laughs> you know I mean? that's crazy, yeah.
0: man. It's so weird how these, you know, these things in your life, right? Whoever's life it is, um, directly correlate to, you know, whatever situation. So for you, right, chaos, right? Mm-hmm. This this chaos that was just surrounded you for your entire life when things get calm, unique chaos. So what mm-hmm. do we do subconsciously? We start to fuck start it all fuck up.
2: Fuck it up. And it's funny, it took... And it's still a work in progress because I still get very restless. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when things are calm, especially during this pandemic, i mean, sure yeah. everyone's suffering through that. But it's like, I f- really feel it a lot sometimes where I'm just like, Ugh, I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Because it, like it's just like something I've learned to like, basically be okay with. But it took a long time because I didn't know what was going on before. Yeah. You know what I mean? It took like through therapy, I finally figured out like, oh, this is what's going on. It's because you grew up like this and now- Chaos feels like home to you, and like stability feels weird to you and doesn't feel like this isn't home, this isn't good. Yeah. Whereas, like, okay, this was actually fucked up, and this is actually a good thing. So, it's been like retraining your mind and stuff, but it takes time, you know? Like, oh my God. I, I, it's, it's, I've been in therapy now, like, four years, I guess, three, four years. And uh, I feel like I'm at a place where I'm okay with that now, but I still feel it, but now I'm just more okay with it. So, now I'm like, oh, this is what's happening. It's fine. You, you know can, what I mean? you,
0: yeah, you're able to kind of look at it from an outside perspective yeah and then that's
2: smart that's what's beautiful about therapy i think sometimes people think they go to therapy or whatever and they're like okay i'm gonna fix and i'm always just gonna be in a good mood you know what (laughs) i mean like no you're not gonna be in a good mood like what i've noticed i still sometimes spiral or whatever but it's quicker you know what i mean it's like I'll spiral, it'll be like a day or two, and then I recover really fast. Whereas before, you're just in a shit place for like a month or longer. You know what I mean? So now it's just like you catch yourself, you do the steps that you need to do to get yourself back even. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you just recover quicker and you have a wider range of emotions. And and which is like, if you're not used to it, like I wasn't, you sometimes were like, whoa, what is going on? Now I'm crying? Yes. Like, what are these fucking water things coming out of my ears? <laughs> you know, like, and you're just like, <laughs> what is this? Things. Yeah, Because and I, and I, I was like, I didn't cry for a very long time. You wow. know what I mean? And growing up when I was a kid, when all this was happening, I, I almost never cried because I was just numbing out completely. Yeah. So like, when I, like when, when I went through therapy, I was like, I remember telling my therapist once I was like I feel like you know I feel like how much more this crying is going to keep happening because I was like I feel like I've (laughs) cried so much in these two three years already and she's like she's like you know I'm going to be honest with you um, it really hasn't been that much
1: and I'm like what
2: that's so funny man but at
0: least you can you can see it now you know yeah and appreciate it for for what it is. Uh, these water things dripping out of your eyes. <laughs> well, I've
2: learned. I've learned now because I think I used to be very proud that I wasn't an emotional person. Yeah, I'm like fuck I'm fucking that. tough. Yeah, you know, like I, I I'm just gonna power through. Which in some ways it could, and I think there's a time and place still for that. Yes, I think you do. Like, especially in LA, sometimes I've noticed. Sometimes people go to the other extreme, and I definitely went to the other extreme at one point too when I was very heavy into therapy, where like you get almost too sensitive. Yeah, you know, yeah. and everything's like. Triggering and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's like, I mean, you get too much then. You get too much. Now. Like that's too much. And that happens a lot now with yes. trigger warnings, which yes. you know, I don't believe in that, but whatever. No, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's I my regret. thing, you know what I mean? But yeah. like and, and so you can go too far in that, but you need to be able to power through sometimes. Like sometimes it's time to do battle, yeah. and get your shit done, yes. and fuck your emotions and just fucking go. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? but you can't live your life like that. No, 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 no. You know no, what no. I mean? You, like, you have to be able to separate. It's, it's like if you're a warrior or something back in olden times. You got to be able to go in there, kill your enemy, and yeah. then like after that, go back to your family and be uh, this loving, yes. emotional person. Yes. It's a weird like, analogy it maybe. No, but- no, no, no. <laughs> but it's, it,
0: it's so funny that you said that because yeah. it was the first thing that came to my mind, right? Yeah. Because in life, right, uh, there are times where you have to fucking pick your goddamn pants on, Mm -hmm. put your, pick your pants on, pick your pants up (laughs) and, and battle through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you are always so emotional and sensitive about everything and this and that and blah, 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 then it just becomes this snowball effect. The snowball effect thing works for so many things in life. Um, but if you have the ability to, you know, kind of, okay, I got this. I have to take care of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But once it's done, I'm going to come back here Right, yeah. uh, instead of just being, you know, like this. Yeah, fucking.
2: and you gotta be able. I think you had like that took me some. Like, so I went both extremes. What you do through therapy? Of course, it's normal to, to. It's like a pendulum swing. Yes. you know what I mean. So like, it's normal. So I went the other extreme too. I went from always just getting shit done and feeling nothing, to barely being able to function because all I'm doing is feeling. Yeah. You know? So there's a pendulum. So like, you gotta be able to balance it out, and that's and that's always hard like that's just a constant work in progress i don't don't know maybe 10 years down the line i'll be like oh it's easy now but it's still not easy i don't think it'll ever be yeah it's 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 still not easy it's fucking hard of course and like and i have but i have learned like i used to be proud of not being emotional an emotional person but i think i've learned and i i remember saying this like a couple weeks ago i'm like I think I'm a very emotional person. No, yes. And yes, you know?
0: right. Rightfully so. This, yeah. this old way of thinking, especially, you know, I think that for centuries, right. Men had to be strong mm-hmm. and fucking just, you know, just fuck your feelings mm-hmm. and fight through and who gives a shit. Right. I don't care if you're a man, a woman, uh, transgender, I don't give a fuck who you are in this life. Right. Uh, you have to be able to face your feelings because if you do not and you just bury them and bury them and bury them, it's going to blow up in your fucking face. And the people that have the ability to really recognize it and see, you know, this is why this is happening this is why this is happening, um, they become a lot better people. Now, I, I don't care. For me, um, <clears throat> my dad's been gone for a long time, right? When I was 17, I'm 33 today. Uh, that being said... Yes, does it hurt as much as it did when I was younger? No, of course not. I'm not crying my eyes out every single day. Mm-hmm. But it fucking still hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I am 40, 50, 60, 70, of course. It's it it, it is. We're 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 all human beings. Yeah. It's just that, you know, things do become easier as time goes. Yeah, and I goes. think dude, I
2: think I think sometimes even in relationships, but in everything, people like want to be dislike fixed, pristine, pure thing. And it's like, no, what makes people beautiful is when you carry all these scars with you and you're still this beautiful person that's strong, that's empathetic. And I'm biased towards this, but like, I don't think you can be as empathetic of a person without going through some shit that might be my own personal bias because maybe there's people that haven't gone through very much and they're very empathetic I don't know but like for me like it's I feel more empathetic to a lot of people with like depression with drug use all this type of stuff because I'm like I can totally see how you get there you know what I mean like I feel I've been there so I know how you get there so all these things that people do I'm like oh yeah I can understand well you You know, know when you talk about empathy and not going through a lot and I don't know because I'm not him
0: but the first person think of is Donald Trump, right. right? You know, during a time like you know COVID nineteen, uh, put the policies aside. That's not what I'm fucking talking about here. When I when I say this, it, but and 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 the protests, you know, and the movement, we want someone that is empathetic, mm-hmm. right? Someone that can. You know, after George Floyd was killed, right, goes to Minneapolis and speaks with the people, mm-hmm. right. Um, during COVID, uh, is empathetic enough that right, wrong, if if mass work or they don't work, it makes people feel more comfortable. Well, that's right? part of
2: that's what I think. At the, least my definition of leadership, yeah, is empathy has to be a part
0: of that. Of course, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so, if you look at his life, I don't know his life because I'm not him. Yeah, no idea. I, I mean, he's lost people for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. he's fucking you know. Seven Years old, and uh, of course, right? And everyone has gone through stuff, but it, either he's so good at blocking shit, right? Um, or there's something else going on, or he hasn't gone
2: through a lot. But, but you know what? What I find interesting about that because I actually think maybe there has been some things that have gone on, but he's sure. never dealt with it. You know what I mean? Like, if you met me when I was 24, 25, 26, even up until 30, to be honest. You'd be like probably like oh this guy's a little bit of an asshole, but you know he seems like he didn't go through too much. You know he's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? He's like he just gets shit done type of thing. But it, like I was very unhealthy then, but I hadn't dealt with any of my shit, so it's like you know you ha- you ha- you actually have to work. In my opinion, you do have to work through your things yeah. and realize them to become that more empathetic person. Because if you have stuff, and a lot of people like the more you talk to people, I'm sure obviously with your podcast you have like you find out some people have some really dark stuff that happened to them in the past or decisions that they made. And you're just like, wow, there's a lot of suffering that people have gone through. And that makes them beautiful, in my opinion, beautiful people. But you also have to still work through those issues because there's a difference between a person that has gone through some really heavy, bad stuff and that just has kept going. Just yeah. Hasn't really done anything about it because that person will probably be very toxic and very unhealthy. There's, yes. there's just no other way to react to that. No. But then the person that's like, "Okay, I'm gonna put in all this hard work to get healthier Yes that's the to me the most beautiful person you can be and i've and I've met people like that that've gone through some like that I've also been with like dated in the past that have gone through some very like traumatic things and where I'm just like, whoa, you were like to me the strongest person. Yeah. What I I
0: mean what I always find amazing is when you have like Navy SEALs, right? Like these badass motherfuckers that who have gone to war, right, done crazy shit, and then they come out on the other side like Jocko Willock, right? Um he this man has been through some shit, Mm -hmm. right. Regardless if he put himself there or not. Right. Um, because obviously he joined to be, you know, you know, to become a Navy seal. Um, but then to come out on the other side of that, uh, you know, an empathetic, caring individual, Mm um, obviously means that he has worked through his stuff. Right. Um, because working through your stuff doesn't mean just, you know, taking care of, you know, your health, your fitness, and mm-hmm. that. you got to work through it mentally, right? Um, and so that's like one side, right? Uh, but then you have these individuals that go to war and like PTSD, and it just brings them the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And some of them end up shooting up places or right. killing themselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, you know, getting into drugs, all these other things, right? So it, it just does go to show if you have someone like Jocko, who's able to really use his presence, use who he is as an individual uh, to inspire and lead and, and, and care because like even through like his podcast and through his businesses and Mm -hmm. his social media, like, you know what type of person he is. Um, It just blows my mind. So it's like, yeah, there's people like that have gone to fucking war people that have gone to war, uh, that have been, Raped, molested, mm-hmm. drug addict, this, that, and the other, um, but are able to work through that. You know, everyone's wounds are different, right? Yep. Self inflicted, not self inflicted, um, but we knew. We do need to start thinking, like, okay, how can we help these people? And so it's like, you know, podcasts like this where we're talking about therapy a lot, it's like the fucking topic of this discussion right now. Yeah. Um, it, it just goes to show that it, it can work, but it does take time.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think the good thing about it is it is starting to get talked about more, I think. But like the more people talk about it, the better it is because a lot of these problems I feel like are rooted in shame, right? Shame is like the exactly. big thing that all this destructive behavior comes from. Yep. So the more you can like be accepting of people and understanding of people, then people don't act out like that. They don't. No. People act out of shame. They just do. Like almost everything you can see that's like, that's like, whoa, that's crazy. That's shame. Of course. You know?
0: Of course. It's like drug addicts, man. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking drug addicts. We for so long have imprisoned these individuals for, I'm I'm talking about non-violent offenses. Um, Throwing them in jail for fucking having heroin, cocaine, crack, speed, uh, whatever the fuck it is, marijuana back in the day, and still people get
2: locked up, which blows my fucking mind. Um, But we incarcerate them. That that is is insane, because some countries like Portugal have legalized Pretty much all drugs. Uh, uh, yes. And all of a sudden crime rates went way down. Absolutely. absolutely. Drug use went way down. A
0: hundred percent. Oh my gosh. When things are taboo, people want it more, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just how, how we work as human beings. But we have classified these drug addicts as bad people. Fuck you. They're not mm-hmm. bad people. They're covering the pain right mm-hmm. from their own life with this drug, right? That is like you were saying earlier, right? Once you stop playing tennis, like everything kind of, you know, fell. But before that, you had this outlet, right? It was like your fucking drug. And and, and
2: then and then when tennis was healthy, you know, quote unquote, for the uh, the way I was using it, because it's accepted. And there's things that people do that don't get talked about that are accepted because they're like, oh, it's okay. Like, even like people that like, if you're scrolling Instagram five, six hours a day, like (sighs) that's also an addiction and you're also escaping something, but it's more accepted because it doesn't look explicitly destructive. Of course. But it is destructive. Fuck yes, it is. You know what I mean? And and it's overeating. 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 Or even alcohol, which gets accepted a lot. Which is crazy. Yeah, like all these things are as destructive. The only difference is that... Drug use is stigmatized, obviously. Of course, yeah. And obviously, also because there's more danger there in terms yeah. of how quickly it can kill you. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Like that, that maybe is one of the things. And cartels too. Yeah, all that shit, like right? or shit. Yeah, or just overdosing or whatever. Yeah. There's things that can happen that you can't really, I guess, overdose from Instagram. You know no. what I mean? But they're all destructive. One just takes a lot longer. Yeah. You know what I but mean? They're all destructive. They're all destructive. And, and it's, it's like sometimes all these things are acceptable. Some people think they don't have a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because well, that's they, it, you right? Know, they, and they're like, ah, I'm mentally healthy. I don't have a problem. Yeah, sure. Like I'm on Instagram four hours a day No, or or yeah. Like I drink like a couple of drinks every night or I get drunk. A couple of drinks. A couple of drinks. A a bottle. When I say a couple, I'm like four or five. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you're getting Getting drunk drunk every every single night, like you're definitely avoiding something. But for so
0: long, we have stigmatized and incarcerated these individuals where they don't need locking them up into a system. That's not fucking working. Anyone listening to this, um, you know, I want to shout out Joe Rogan real quick because he had the Innocence Project. He had. Can you pull up the names of them um, real quick? It was like one of the most recent uh, podcasts. Um, just like Joe Rogan Innocence Project. Um, you'll, you'll you'll find their name is like Josh From. I don't want to fuck up their names. Mm-hmm. Um, but he but he had them on, and these are these two individuals came on to share. Uh, what the fuck is going on with criminal justice reform? Uh, things that I'm talking about right now, uh, and how we are, and individuals that were wrongfully accused of fucking murder. Well, in, I,
2: in America, it's really fucked up.
0: Well, it's fucking yeah. terribly fucked up. Yeah. But what 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 happened for, during this podcast right here? Let me let me say their names: uh, Josh Dubin and Jason Flom. Uh, you know, shout out to these two guys for coming on to Rogan's podcast because. For me, this was the most influential podcast Rogan has ever done. And it shed light on our system in America. I don't know if you know, but if you put everyone's, everyone all around the world, all the prisoners into one jail, right? um, And broke them up by their country, 25% of them. Are from America, Mm -hmm. but only four and a half percent of the world's population lives in America. Mm -hmm. And so this system of nonviolent drug offenders, right? Um, individuals who have a suspended life. So you're, you're driving, you get a ticket, right? Mm -hmm. A mom, a single mom gets a ticket, fucking doesn't have enough money to pay for it. So, you know, forgets about her whatever. Then she's driving again. She gets caught, has to go to court, doesn't have enough money to fucking pay for it, so now she has to spend license. She still has to get to work to pay for her fucking kids, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And so she's driving, gets caught, gets fucking locked up in jail. Now, because of the cash bail system, she doesn't have enough money to post the 10%. So now it's either stay in fucking jail or... Post-temper, well, she doesn't fucking have it. So then her jail time, or then you know she has to go in front of the judge, and uh, she can either do this or that. And so they're just stuck in fucking jail, and it's this repeating cycle. And that happens with drug offenses all the time. Right. And these individuals, right, are not criminals. Now I'm not talking about violent drug offenses. I'm talking about non-violent drug offenses. Yeah they don't need that. They need help. They need something like that. Yeah, they, do, they definitely
2: don't need that. It just makes it way worse. And you add more shame on it and then you just get worse behavior. Like, there's nothing good about that. No. I, I, like, they say, like, oh, prison reform, that doesn't reform shit. No, it's not. You know not. what I mean? Like, it, it's not. And, and in America, at least from, what like, I don't, I'm not going to speak too much about it because I, like I'm not that educated in this area, but like from what I gather, it's like basically a business to prisons here. Yes, it so is. So they, they they make money, and I I don't know if like I think a lot of them are privately owned. If that's no, right. there are yeah. yeah. Can you look up the amount of privately owned prisons in America? Um, and then and then like I've been doing research on it like ever since Black Lives Matter has been going on because I was not super educated in that area. All respect being from Belgium and. Uh, And so I started reading this book uh, called "The New Jim Crow."
0: Yes, I don't know if you've heard it. Uh, Well, no, I know the Jim Crow, and I want to stop you real quick. So it says right here, eight point four percent. So statistics from the U.S. Department of Justice show that as of 2013, there were 133,000 state and federal prisons prisoners housed in privately owned prisons in the United States. Uh, um, So what does this say? Fucking blind. Thank Thank you. Fuck, man uh constituting 8.4 percent of the overall u.s prison population why the fuck are any prisons privately
2: right. owned right. why the fuck is it a business is it, i think there's this show um which one, which one's the one where that it's speech that's that, remember that speech in that show what's that show i don't know where, what he, that where he talks about like like what makes america so great this girl asks and then the guy answers like the fuck you talking about like america is not number one in any category except for mass incarceration are you talking about netflix it's it's i forget what the I, newsroom I, there oh, we go I, that's the that's the show you remember it you know yeah. it I, it's a fucking phenomenal show amazing show one of the best speeches i've ever seen okay but anyway so apparently and i don't know how, what the statistics are now but it's number one in mass incarceration in the whole world no which is which is pretty fucking nuts dude you know? it is it that's it. Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels, one of the best five minutes of. Best five American minutes television. you'll ever watch. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and what would they and, look up? It was mass incarcerations and the amount of people that believed in angels. And lack of uh,
0: education. A, yeah. Holy shit, dude. All right. I'll check this yeah. out. Absolutely. Great,
2: great show in general, but it that part's crazy to me. And so when I was reading the new Jim Crow, I've gone like halfway through the book. Um, And what it talked about, like all these things that were created and even like how a lot of these prison systems were created basically like were racist systems because they're created to basically put black men and, and especially women, yeah. black men yeah. in in prison and, and you see like something like what was it the Reagan law or something uh-huh. back in 82 or something when they did the drug the war on drugs the war on drugs but at the time there worse. weren't any dr- drugs in these neighborhoods not very much and it wasn't noticeable but then they started like doing it and like building it up and they used it as an excuse to put more people in prison and that's oh, what this 100%. book talks about and like again I'm not gonna talk a ton about it because I'm not gonna pretend that I'm super educated in this yeah. area like I just know what I've read and from what like like I've talked about with friends and other people that have told me, but like just from what I've read, I'm just like, whoa, this is, it's dude, very extreme here. Dude,
0: the system is fucking corrupt. And that is just straight facts. And if we continue to do this, it's just an, a fucking cycle that never is going to change. Uh, when we look at individuals that have a mental illness called drug addiction, mm-hmm. and we don't, do anything about it except lock them in fucking cages it's just going to continue to happen yeah and how much of does that so when these individuals who have you know drug addicts both of my parents were drug addicts right that definitely does something in our DNA and it's passed down genetically. Yeah, generation, generation, generation. And so for me, and I, we talked about this last time, my whole uh, you know, philosophy is do everything different than my parents did. And I love my parents, both of them, absolutely. But I have to be open and honest because the only way that the system is going to change for me and my life and for the future generation of when I have kids is by switching the whole fucking script up but if you look at their parents and, you know, their parents and their parents, and this happens all over the fucking world, um, things have to change. And so I hope that, you know, the more and more people talk about it and realize that, you know, addiction is a mental illness, um, not a, a fucking choice. Cause all I know is from my own, you know, um, experience is like mm. when i was hooked to fentanyl at the worst right there wasn't i didn't want to do that i didn't want to have to fucking smoke this to fucking feel good every single day mm. i didn't want to be fucked up i didn't want to have issues with my entire family that was the last fucking thing i ever wanted mm-hmm but to uh, mask the pain and to feel better, um, it's all I fucking could yeah, do. when I turns into a could... compulsion, you know? Exactly, yeah. and until you have another outlet, until you have something to fucking live for, which was when I got into the hair industry and met Robert Reed, who helped change my whole life, that I would have been stuck, man. I would still be using. It. I'd probably be shooting up today. Actually, I wouldn't because I, I never did, and I I
1: knew. Plus, I never
2: like so many, to. like so many, when you're in this, like you you don't even realize what's wrong. You just know you feel fucking terrible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like absolutely. it's not like you're like, oh, this is why, and this is why I have this, and this is why I should probably do this. Like, you're not thinking like that. No, I knew, clearly. but I knew, but
0: I knew it was wrong for me. Yeah. I knew it was wrong. But I you knew, knew the was action bad. was wrong. Yes.
2: But you didn't yes. know why you wanted. Of to, course, you know?
0: absolutely. Yeah. I wasn't working at the root, right? right. Um, and, and so it's just like it, it's just really important to continue to talk about this, and that's why I brought up that podcast, and I think that the more and more people talk about it, and no about it things will eventually change so you go through college uh 24 Stop playing tennis uh what was next
2: uh well i actually ended up going to grad school right after that in orlando Mm. um which i didn't want to go to grad school (laughs) okay i was already not super pro school at that time um but i didn't have a visa so i had no way to legally stay in america so i had no green card and obviously didn't have citizenship so I was like, okay, how am I going to stay in America? So I ended up uh, was like, okay, I'll just go to grad school. Uh, give me two more years, plus they give you an extra year to work. So I was like, okay, that's three years taken care of right there.
0: Holy shit! Yeah. So, uh, so wait, so instantly they give that to you, or how's that work?
2: No, no, you're like, see like you have to get like accepted to school and everything, and get all the stuff, and then they give you a visa that allows you to study. Okay. But the fucked up thing is, is that they only allow you to work legally twenty hours. Oh shit! So the twenty hours they they were my grad assistantship. So I got a grad assistantship that paid all my tuition and paid all of grad school. So that was nice. That was great. That was yeah. like, I don't want to say lucky because I literally walked into like every teacher in that school's office to get that. Okay. So like, I wouldn't call that luck completely, but I'm grateful for it. For sure. You know what I mean? Because like, obviously I didn't have to get into debt and anything, but like the the hard thing is then that only takes care of that and you still have to rent and food and stuff to pay How for. How do you live? I, uh, you don't,
0: <laughs> you don't,
2: you start working a lot of illegal jobs, you know? Seriously. I mean, that's what yeah, it sounds yeah. like. No, like I, I wasn't legally allowed to work more. So like I had to find other ways to do it. So like I lived on Craigslist. Holy you know what shit. I mean? Like me and my brother both, because at this point he was uh he was out of status too, I believe. So like he like not out of status, he was like in transition. They call it. Okay, you guys so, both became gigolos. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I considered it actually. Yes, I'm sure. There were a lot of weird ideas that came into yeah, my yeah, mind. Yeah, how yeah, to pay yeah, for yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what Oh I mean? my god. So I considered a lot of things. <laughs> oh my god. But no, we we started living on Craigslist and taking all these odd jobs and and like. We eventually also got like this job, like working, not catering, it was like setting up events. But it was pretty obvious that everyone was working illegally. Okay. You know what I mean? Literally, like no one spoke English. (laughs) Like me and my brother were the only people that spoke English in that group of like 20 people. Holy shit. So, So that paid for like things. And then eventually, like a year later we eventually got, finally got some tennis lessons that we could give and then we were good. Damn. You know what I mean? But it took a while and, and yeah, that year was rough. Like that's I, a fucked up system, man. Yeah, man. Look at like we, we had to like, you know, and then you you know you you had to steal some things from Walmart. Yeah. So you know, like we had to like we had to really do some shit that like, you know, you're not <laughs> proud of but you know, I'm also not ashamed of it. You no, know what I mean? I get mean? that. I get that. I'm more like, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to eat. So I, like, you know, we, we did what we had to do. But yeah, it doesn't, the, the visa system doesn't allow you to really take care of yourself. Holy shit. You know, they, they, I guess it, Want parents to take care and send money. So it's only for you rich know? kids. Like that's what the system yeah, sounds you know, like. It's, it's set international, up. International. If you're an international student, you, you usually need a lot of money. So
0: let's um, let's really explain yeah. that really quick. So you're an international student. Mm-hmm. You want to come to fucking school here, mm-hmm. right? Um, all you can do is work 20 hours a week.
2: Yeah, that's that's legally what you're allowed to work. So what I did, my whole process from undergrad to grad school was undergrad. I was living in Australia at the time. And I emailed, I believe, like 50, 60 schools. But I emailed them my tennis stuff because I was trying to get a tennis scholarship. Yeah. So I emailed them my tennis video, with tennis stuff, and I get like 10 offers, then three that were like basically full scholarships. So I chose out of those schools. That was So that was how I did undergrad. Then once I got through that, I went to grad school and found the schools that were the grad assistantship paid for everything, which not every school does. Wow. So I found one UCF in Orlando yep. that paid for everything. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to depend on just my test scores and my application. I'm going to drive down there and walk into every teacher's office and ask him for that grad assistantship. So I did that. And then eventually one guy took me on and that ended up paying for grad school basically while working these side jobs to pay for the rest of the stuff. Yeah. So yeah. You,
0: get, you get your school paid for, mm-hmm. right? But what about your living
2: Mm, they give you a stipend. I think it was 800, 800 bucks or nine hundred bucks. But our rent alone was nine hundred bucks. Okay, so, so you know, so it's nine hundred bucks. But how the fuck yeah. do you eat? You you don't like. I guess you, you get money from somewhere. But like, uh, or the twenty hours a week, right? Nope, nope, nope. You don't get money from that. Like, okay,
0: no, no, but you get money from working twenty hours a week, right? No,
2: no, because that 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 work is for that stipend of nine hundred a month. Whoa! Right, and 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 for them taking care of tuition, which. Okay. You know, it's, it's a pretty good deal because you like, obviously like tuition was taken care of so I didn't have to pay anything for school so it's still a good deal it would just have been cool if they would have allowed 40 hours of work because then I could have just taken another legal job and just taken care of my other expenses Yeah. so then I basically had to just do all the illegal jobs that I could find and just cash jobs and stuff which was like yeah it was just living on Craigslist and every morning doing that what?
0: <laughs> that's so fucking crazy so those 20 hours a week worth of work what did you have to do?
2: Oh well, me being me, I found found a way around that. Okay, So all right. You know, I'm a, so what? So I got offered a job at this center of entrepreneurship. It, it was called the director there. So I started working there, but I also didn't want to be driving down there every time because that was costing me gas, and I didn't really have a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> so I told that. them I, I was like, "Hey, man, like it's really tough for me to get down here. I've take I have, like I kind of lied, and I, <laughs> and I said like I have to take like three buses to get down here. But if you really want me to, I'll do it." You know what I mean? But I made it seem like this will be a huge hassle yes. for me. You know what I mean? And he was like, you know what? You just work at home. So I was like, yes. Okay, good. Ah! So like, so I started doing that. There was 20 hours. And it was just grading papers and shit like that. They, they trusted
0: you guys to grade the papers? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I wasn't very
2: yeah, it wasn't smart of them. Yes, <laughs> you know? that's so weird, dude. That's so
1: fucking grading
2: weird. Pa- Grading tasks, grading papers. Essay- no, essays, I don't think. No, that he did himself. But like a lot of the grading and stuff. and then, like just like strict cancer. Like yeah, this and, I, and answer I had to that. like organize this like entrepreneurship competition where I like had to reach out to everyone and organize the whole event. Okay. Stuff like that. It was fine. It was like not even 20 hours yeah. of work, especially that's why I wanted to work from home. So what I did... I would work from home and get my work done, which honestly wasn't even ten hours a week, actually. So, but then during my workouts, I would start teaching tennis lessons, so that I was also making more money. That's so smart, man. So, like, so I like we made it work, but that's why, like, that's why basically I was just in survival mode till I got into LA. Damn, that's fucking crazy. Okay,
0: so so you go through that whole experience, right? When does the the bell go off? All right, I'm gonna move to LA.
2: It's funny we, me and my brother. So we're really, like I said, we're really close, and we've been talking about LA since we were like seventeen. You know, uh, I don't even know why. My brother always wanted to be an actor. Okay, so he knew he wanted to be in LA. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. Like tennis was my only thing. You know, so after tennis, I was lost for a very long time. I get that. Like I didn't know what to do. I just really didn't. And but I knew my brother wanted to go there, and we both wanted to go to LA. We were (laughs) we were watching this really like kind of a like dramatic show and it probably sounds kind of stupid <laughs> but like we were in, living in New Zealand at the time and uh we were watching the OC okay I don't know if you remember that show. of course absolutely you know what I mean yes. so me my brother and my dad at the time because he was he was going through his own personal crisis yeah. and I had just lost his business and there was a lot of shit going on so all three of us were just binging on the OC for yeah. 8 yeah. hours a day yes, you yes, know what yes, I mean yes. and uh, and because we didn't know anyone we had just moved to New Zealand no friends we didn't know anyone so we were just doing that and then me and my brother were like, yeah, we should, we should move there. That's where we should live. Yeah, that's you know what so I mean? And Tom wanted to be an actor. So, like, eventually we made our way there because of that. So, he was like, I want to be an actor. I want to be there. And we were very close. And I was like, I'll go with you there. Like, what else do I have yeah. to do? You know what I mean? So, that's kind of how we ended up doing it. And we actually came from New York at the time because we were working in New York. And uh, so, we drove from New York to LA just with the car and our stuff. And that was it. What was the feeling like when you got to LA? It was what, great. It was fucking phenomenal. We 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 <laughs> we, 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 we liked it. This thing. <laughs> when so. we were seventeen, we were like, you know what? When we drive to LA and we're all, all on the one hundred and one, we're gonna play that song, California. Here we come. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a great fucking song. <laughs> did you guys do it? Yeah, we did it. Like once we got there, we played the fucking song, and we were like we finally made it you yes. know we got to where we wanted to be and it was fun and even the trip was I had of like trials and tribulations to it no. you know what I mean because when we drove from New York to LA it was when that I don't know if you remember this but when the government shut down briefly oh, yes of course and we want to see all these national parks and we get to oh. this national park we're at the entrance and they say yeah two hours ago the government shut down so you can't see it no. so they're like fuck me you know what I mean and I was like okay so that happened that was fun and then so and then we ended up driving and then we almost got to LA our car just like broke down and shit so like it, t- it was a it was a whole trip oh, <laughs> but, <that's> a, you <laughs> but it was so fun man like life. honestly like so the first year in la and like getting there was some of the like best memories because you know when yeah. you're like when you're just like trying to survive and you're like excited about this new place and you're yeah. open to all the possibilities and you're dreaming and stuff and it's just like one of the most like innocent best times ever that's so fucking cool yeah. dude
0: that is so yeah. cool dude and you're going to look back at that moment in your life for the rest of your life, and that is going to be such a a pivotal moment. We all get these uh, little wins, right? I mean, back then it was uh, you know, coming to L.A., and you guys yeah. fucking did it, right? Like how many people in this world, in this world, look at they look at Los Angeles as like this fucking beacon of hope and opportunity yeah. and fucking glitz and glam and movies and all, all of this shit that's packed up into L.A.? And they think as a kid, I want to be in, I want to go to LA, but then to actually do it is a completely different story. If you had a hundred people, ninety nine would not make it.
2: Bro, it was it, it was fucking tough, and it's like, and I don't want like obviously. You know, we're still like in a way privileged because obviously we're Western, and it was still like easier than some people. So I'm not never going to pretend that it's like it was so fucking hard. Of course, but it was still like tough just getting a visa, being able to stay, like all this shit that they because the immigration system here is pretty tough to be honest. And uh, so it was like tough for us to it stay is. and to eventually get to LA seemed like such a pipe dream when you're living in New Zealand yeah. and you're like basically binging on the OC doesn't seem yes, like a real possibility. Yes, you yes. Did I mean? you guys
0: watch the hills afterwards? Oh, fuck no.
2: That's
0: so fucking funny.
2: Um, but it's funny. Like we, at the time we almost decided to stay in New York first so we were like we were living in New York at the time because I'd gotten this, um, this tennis director job which even the way I got that was kind of funny like it, I was living in Orlando at the time and we were both looking for summer jobs to basically pay for our next year because we wanted to add some money and finally not be struggling for a whole year yeah. you know so this guy, I applied for this teaching job and this guy calls me and he's like the, the owner of it or something he's like hey just checking are you applying for the tennis director job or the tennis pro job Tennis pro job is just teaching lessons, you know? And I was like, (laughs) I was 24 at the time, or 23. And I was like, you know what? Let's go for the tennis director. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I'm applying for the tennis director job. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. And you got it. Yeah. Like it it was a whole process. It took like five fucking interviews. And like, I basically convinced him to take me on. I was like the youngest like director there and shit. Holy shit. And it was fucking like, it was fucking cool. It was really fun, man, because it was like- that whole summer, and I did that job for two summers, was so fucking amazing because it paid really well. Yeah. And I didn't have any costs because they set you up with a room, they set you Shut up with food. Up. I was just, which was perfect for LA. So we came in with a, a good amount of savings to LA. So it was amazing. And I ended up hiring because I was allowed to hire 10 people, which, you know, I'm this like 24 yeah, year old. Yeah. And I'm just like going nuts. I'm just like, yeah, money and, yes, and, and yes. I'm allowed to do whatever the fuck I want, hire who I want. So yeah. I ended up hiring like six of my friends. Yes. You hired your brother? <laughs> yeah, I hired my brother. Yes. That was it, of course. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? That, yes. that's but I was like, I even hired like this guy that didn't know shit about tennis. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, Come. (laughs) (laughs) It ended up being like the most fun summer, man, because we were just like. You have no responsibilities. You just te- obviously during the day you do because you're teaching the kids. Yeah. So you're teaching these kids, which is fun because they're kids. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not serious. So you're having fun, and then like at the end you are like finally have money and stuff, and then you like partying and having fun with your friends that are all living like on a, in the same building. Yes. So it was just like perfect. It was it was the most enjoyable thing ever. It's it was like so a fraternity, fun. <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hated frats when I was in college. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying.
0: though. I, I, it's, a, you know, it's a, it's a band of brothers for no, know, it was. Party amazing, man. Summer.
2: Like it was it was one of the best summers for sure. And we almost ended up staying in New York. Wow. I got offered the tennis director position full time <laughs> to stay on. But like I knew I didn't want to do that. Okay. You know what I mean? it because it was something for me that just felt like this doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Yeah. Like it just felt like okay, you'd already be kind of towards the ceiling of what's possible there. So I was like, oh, I just don't want to do that. It doesn't feel exciting at all. So we ended up then driving to LA ah man that's
0: fucking crazy i mean because you turned down the money i know know? it was sure
2: money man and at the time like it was a lot too it was like i think it was like 150k and i was just coming out of college so i was like that fucking sounds amazing (laughs) you know what i mean like and and they they would take care of my room and everything so i was just like this was like a golden ticket type like 200k yeah "Ah." it was was amazing you know what i mean but like i also knew that i'd be really unhappy yeah i mean but 23,
0: 24 years old, yeah. conned your way into getting the director. Yeah. And you
2: knew how to play tennis. So yeah. Yeah, it's
0: not like you con, con, but it's- No, like, no.
2: But like, I, I didn't know shit about directing. Yes. I had to learn a lot that summer, man, because you're taking care of 120 kids. So Damn. like, all the responsibility basically comes on me for these 120 kids. Wow. And, and it's stressful sometimes because like you, the, your biggest fear is losing one of the kids. You don't want to lose one of the kids. What do you mean? like, like, like Just like that he disappears and walks off or, oh. or gets picked up by someone he's not supposed to be get picked okay, up by. Yeah. So that's your biggest fear. And what we had one day that like, we couldn't locate one of the kids. <sighs> and the parents all of a sudden got to the, the pickup side and they were like, where's my kid? And I'm like, fuck. Like, Obviously, I'm freaking out at this point because I'm like, we don't know where this kid is and we had just assumed that, like, that he, and he had already been picked up. Wait, what? So this kid had already been picked up. So but- I'm thinking like, oh, fuck. Fuck, we like this kid just got kidnapped or something. Oh no! You know what I mean? Because the parents were there, like, "Where's my kid?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck, no, 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 no!" You know what I mean? And we <sighs> just assumed that was who's supposed. It ended up being their like nanny or something, oh, and they had to, they had like shit. confused the day they were supposed to pick up. But I was like having a mini heart attack because I'm like, I just lost someone's kid, you know, and I'm about to go to jail or something. I don't know. Dude, <laughs> I
0: don't know. that had to have been. So- I can't even imagine what you were going through at that experience. But um well you fucking did it, man. You fucking yeah, did it. And, and we, then you turned it down, which is even yeah. like more incredible because most uh 24 year olds who are, you know, given an opportunity to make that much money, mm-hmm. right? Um would say, fuck yeah. But there was something inside of you and your brother said, No, fuck it. We're gonna go.
2: Yeah, it's funny, we've we've never really like yeah, so obviously money is like important for like what it can do and it's for a sure. tool and stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever really been driven by that. Yes. Like now I'm at a stage in my life where I do want to build wealth and I want to build money and I'm 34 and I want to like in the future have a family and I want to be able to take care of that family things like that. Yeah. But it's it's motivated because I want to take care of my family and I want yes. to have experiences and things. But like money has never really just been a primary motivation for me.
0: Well, I think that you know the. Way to live your life is to do things that make you happy, to be able to live. And I know most people do not get to do this, and it's it's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But uh, to live life on your own terms, mm-hmm. and so to be driven by money and that be the only fucking thing, you get so blinded and get so fucking jaded, man.
2: It is, man. And I'll see. Like I will say, like as much as I've said, like things that were chaotic in my childhood. Like, my dad was really good about that. He was always one of those people, like, do whatever you want, pursue whatever you want, and it's possible. And he was always like, just figure it out. Like, he would never baby us. He would never be like, oh, I'll help you do this. He was always like, whatever was uh, you had to do, figure it out, and you're able to figure it out. He would expect you to figure it out. All right. And Which is always a really great thing Fuck because yes. it, like, taught me a lot about entrepreneurship and watching him, too. Like, he's... He had so many different companies at one. At one point, he had a midlife crisis and like decided he was going to be someone that made cheese.
1: <laughs> what the fuck?
2: Wait, what? And he, and he always worked in like car logistics and like more like business type settings. And at one point, he was just going through this weird midlife crisis, man. Like he must have been like some end of forties or something. He decided he wanted to live in a small village in Romania. And make cheese. That's what he wanted to do. What the fuck? So, and you know, to his credit, the cheese was very good. What? (laughs) You know, the cheese was very good. And he was so good at bullshitting that he got himself a two page spread of Forbes Romania. So he got himself in Forbes Romania two page spread, and and I remember reading the audience. he still has it of course he's super <laughs> proud of it and like and I remember reading it and it says bullshit like yeah this che- the cheese has been with in the family for three generations and I'm like what the fuck what generations are you talking about you know what I mean and and and, and honestly like that's like as much as I don't like think like lying <laughs> is good and obviously yeah. like things. There is something that that is okay. like in my like I get being it. able to do that and start something from nothing yes. and kind of find your way in. Yeah. It, that I find like that's a good skill to have. No, I don't condone is. lying it, lying in that way. I think there's a fine line. There is, but I think there is something of being able to have that ability to start from nothing and just make it happen. 100%. And my dad's always been amazing at that. So like that's something that kind of like we've always learned. It's like whatever you want to do, you should be able to figure out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any excuses for that. Yes, you. So are. And, and he was really great at that. And also even that summer was one of our best summers. Like we stayed oh. in this village that was like had a witch doctor and shit like Shut that.
0: The fuck? What does a witch
2: doctor it's, do? It's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> a, a witch doctor basically like believes that like if you if they bleed you out that that will get the sickness out, basically. So did you do it? No, fuck no. Like, I I was like, I I, I was very intrigued. I was like, this sounds very interesting. You know what I mean? It was like, bleed me out, bleed me out. You know what I mean? Bleed me out, good I'm, I'm super into this. But the village we stayed, like, was very cool. And, like, it was nice to, like, also, like, do something that was not Western, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you get so used to all these like comforts and stuff. Yeah. So like that village had nothing land. Like everyone was w- still going around horse and car. Like I think my dad, wanted a few cars in the whole village. It was, um, it was a village of like a hundred, 200 people. It was tiny. It's a wow. middle of nowhere. Like people, it was like going back in time. Is there any chicks? Oh, <laughs> Not at all, honestly. And and yeah, there was nothing there. There was literally nothing there. Gosh. It was it was a weird place to be. How old were you? Uh, at this point I was already nineteen, I believe. Whoa.
1: Yeah.
0: So you had already you were you were away from the house at this point? I think I had
2: just started my first year of college, if I remember. My brother had. He was literally living there. Oh my um, god. But it, it was insane. It was kind of cool though, because like you learn to like shower with buckets and stuff, because the water would stop working for four or five days and stuff like that. So it, it was very it was honestly fun. I, I had fun that whole I summer. I love that. Yeah. I it, love it was that. very like nature-y and very like Back to basics, yes. and, and the people were honestly were there were so nice and so happy. Like, it's still an experience that I still love a lot. What you just said there, so nice and so happy. It's mm-hmm. so funny how um, individuals
0: all across the world that live in these really densely populated cities, right? Um, if you look at them as a whole, the the stress factor, the um, the day to day bullshit that just kind of uh, you know infects their mind You get it, caught up in this it, shit well, and, and also even life expectancy mm-hmm. but then you look at these these cities you, you know have you heard of the blue zone L- look this up um it's it's the blue zone it's about life life expectancy um just type in blue zone life expectancy um and it's where people live the longest. And you'll be so fucking blown away. Watch these So right here, uh, the individuals who are reaching 90 or even a hundred years old in the blue zones are often able to live active, normal medication, free, mostly healthy lives all the way to the very end. Um, will you click on that? Uh, and, and I'm just going to say where the blue zones are. Uh, so the Italian island of Sardinia, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Okinawa, Japan, Loma Linda, California. Well, oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Uh, Costa Rica, um, and then uh, Ikaria. I don't know how to fucking isolated pronounce. Greek yeah, isolated Greek island. No, I just didn't know how to pronounce the oh, okay. Ikaria. Um, but uh, you know these these areas. I mean, Loma Linda. I don't even know what the fuck. What are they making wine in Loma Linda? Um, yeah, I don't know
2: why, why that's in there. That's fucking weird. I mean,
0: shit. Let's see. Let's see right here. Uh, yeah, so Loma Linda, through the province of Loma Linda, has truly grown and prospered beyond the early leaders' expectations. It has emerged into a health science university, medical center, internationally known for advanced technology, service-oriented medical care and education. Oh, so they just got state-of-the-art fucking technology and medical health. Um, but yeah, the blue, the blue zone, um, there was a... Uh, not not uh zach efron's uh new show what's it called
2: oh yeah i remember
0: that uh zach efron um fuck it's on netflix here we go uh yeah yeah here we go watch watch watch. um down to earth with zach efron right right. right. right? uh really fucking good show i like zach efron Mm -hmm. um but i thought this was one of his greatest pieces of work i mean it was if anyone is listening, better than High School Musical. Yeah, way better. Um, no, but uh, one of the episodes was kind of about you know this this area of the Blue Zone, and they went to the I believe it was the island of Sardinia, and uh, you know you had individuals that lived close to nature, and um, it was just amazing to see some of these older folks. Like there was this guy that must have been ninety, hundred years old, and every single day he walks a quarter mile and stops off at the local bar to drink a glass of wine. And and just like this whole fucking thing, and um, so people in like Romania, where there's just less bullshit, especially yeah. like you know where the, the cheese farm was, I could totally
2: understand how they're happier healthier uh and, and yeah just, honestly i think my dad was happier there sometimes than, than, yeah. than anywhere else he, because he was so, i think deep down he, he he likes a more simple living yes that's
0: what they say about the amish too yeah. man it's just like that simple living back to the basics uh that 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 you know just who we are as human mm. beings we weren't you know for generations thousands of years we weren't in these fucking sky rises and all this fucking you know polluted bullshit it's just been in the past few hundred years right um and obviously with modern medical care and everything like that so we're living longer now um but the mind man like i hope that my life is is like this it's like on an upward trajectory right mm-hmm. and then the last fucking year just drops not yep. where it's like on an upward trajectory and then the fucking last 10 15 like years stagnate, it just yeah, yeah. it was just fucking going down cuz of health issues and things like that right yeah
2: there's a saying that you want to die with your boots on and it's i don't know so- where i heard that but i heard somewhere
0: yeah, but I do. I want to die with my fucking boots on, dude. Die while I'm walking, running in the middle of the fucking wherever, man.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I strongly believe in that, too. Like, I don't believe in, for example, retirement. I, like, yes. I don't think I ever want to officially retire. I get that. And I also feel like most people that retire, they usually deteriorate really yes. quickly after that. So, like, yes. if I, like, I want to, like, the way I see it is, like, the older I get, I just want to be focusing on the parts of business or whatever my thing is at the time. And focusing on the things that I enjoy of it, and only that, and everything else is outsourced or given to other people. But I'm focusing still on the work. Yep. You know what I mean? Maybe 100%. I'm not stressing out as much about it. Yeah. No. And not as many hours, but maybe. But I'm still doing it. Of course, you know you're doing I mean? something. Yeah. You're like still active. something you're passionate about. I think if you don't have anything, that's when. That's when it really goes down. Watching even fucking think about Fox your mental News health. Even, CNN, even when you think about your mental health, shit goes downhill when you don't have anything. Of
0: course. Oh you know my right? gosh! Absolutely. That's why for me people always I'm like Brock how do, how do you do it you're doing this you're doing that you're doing this you're doing that I can't imagine my life not being the way it
2: fucking is you know what and doing I mean all that's of so funny that you said I used to have like a lot not shame but I used to have a lot of like oh I don't want to be this guy to just like doing a lot of dabbling yeah. or something you know because like I think in the past but like Especially pre-therapy, I did do that a lot. I would dabble and then move on. and yes. move on, and that's also not good because no. you, to, to be successful, you need to be consistent. Consistent is very me. important. I didn't have that. Like consistency was not part of anything that I did. Yes, no, <laughs> you I, know what I, I mean. Same way, and and so I've had, to, I've learned that through time. But like so now, but I also now have more of a fear of like dabbling. Yeah, you know that's there, which isn't always good either. You know what I mean? Because I do feel it is good to do multiple things because I've noticed that keeps me more passionate. I've noticed if I only do one thing, I start not feeling, I start feeling like, ugh, yep. boring, boring, yep. boring, yep. boring. But if I have a couple of things going on, not too much where I get, yep. like, where I get overwhelmed or it gets like, it starts hurting something, yep. but just enough that it's like, you're excited. Yes, of course. You know what I mean? Because I, like for me, maybe for you too, but like starting something new is always super exciting it for is. me. It you is. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's also like, when I came to LA, what was exciting for me is, when I got here, in the beginning, we had no idea what the fuck to do. Like yeah, the first don't three don't. months, we were like, how are we going to make money? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We were just burning through our New York savings, like our life depended on it. And like, I think we burned through it most of it in three, four months because LA is fucking expensive. It is so you expensive. You know what I mean? So like we burned through most of our savings and eventually I got this like paid internship at this like advertising company because I thought at the time I took all these fucking personality tests took (laughs) all these personality tests all these work tests all this shit that I spent so much time on that said what I would be suited for and I did this so I said like advertising a lot so I started doing that and all of a sudden, I, three months in, I realized, like, I hate this. This yes. is, this is yeah. like, killing my soul, being at a nine to six here. Yep. And, like, eventually, I was, I was starting to leave at, like, 4 p.m. because I just didn't want to be there. I get it's that. a worse employee. But, like, <laughs> I'm a very terrible employee, honestly. But, like, and, and, and so I just <laughs> fucking hated it. And I called my dad, actually, about in three months in. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I hate this. Like, I really don't know what to do. And he's like my dad being my dad, it's like, you know what, why don't you just start this car company? Like it's easy, you know what I mean? It's like, why don't you just start this like car logistics company that like moves these cars for internationally, like all these old timer cars, like six, seven Mustangs and Uh things like that. So I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Okay, cool, let's do that. So I, quit, no way. so I quit. So I quit my job, and, and I quit my job, and he, and because he, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll teach you how to do it." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's typical, my dad. He overpromises how much he's gonna help. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, if he's just like, you know what, what you gotta do is just like no advice. He's like, you know, what you gotta do is you just gotta call him, call him and make sales. I'm like. Oh, thanks for the training. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> this thanks, is good training. Dad. And and so I'm like that's what I did. So I started just cold calling people and, and like in a month I got like my first big customer. And I'll never forget this because I, I vividly remember in my memory when I got my first big customer. It was the biggest car importer in Europe at the time, which was like a huge get. You know what I mean? Especially like a month in, which they didn't know because I, yeah. it seemed like my company of existed course. for a long time. Yeah. So I still remember calling this guy. It was a guy in Holland. And at the time my phone didn't, I didn't have an extension cable. I didn't want to pay for it. So like, it it was like in the living room. And so and I I remember I was, I I had my, just like my tennis shorts on, shirt off. I'm like on this phone that that like sitting on the floor because I didn't have a chair. So I'm like (laughs) sitting on the floor, my roommate at the time is like lightly strumming his guitar because <laughs> apparently he doesn't give a fuck. So he's like lightly strumming his guitar. My other roommate's like smoking weed. And I'm just like on the phone with this guy that's like, has this company that's fucking like multi million yeah. dollar. And I'm just like talking to this guy, convincing him how good my company is for him. And like, that ended up being my first client. And then Shut like, the I basically leveraged, leveraged him into multiple clients till he found out that a lot of stuff that I said was bullshit. So then he left. For a year, then he came back. No so like, way. Yeah. yeah, but then he left for a year, and but by that time I had already like leveraged that into multiple clients, so I was good. But then he came back a year later. But like, yeah. Wow. So, so there's, he came there's, back. There's, there's good and bad about that. There's all, see, it's not good to overpromise and lie. No. Because that shit will blow up in your face. And I learned that the hard way through not even just that. Because it took me a couple times to make that mistake before I really learned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I was just like, yeah, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? So I, I eventually know. learned the lesson. But it was. All, I can't completely regret it because without the bullshit, I wouldn't have been able to start the company. So it's kind of like, uh, dude, you know, it's, you
0: know, there is a difference between bullshitting and lying. That's right? the
2: thing. And and you know what? Like Richard Branson's one of my all-time favorite entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like I, I've read all his books. Like if I would mirror anyone's like lifestyle. It would be his. Like he's so adventurous. He did like a balloon ride across the world. Does all this cool shit. And he's still even now. Like I had a friend that knows him, and apparently that's whatever he is now seventy or whatever. He was still dancing on the dinner table and shit like that. So he's still like very adventurous, and I love that because that's how I want to be when I'm seven. He's gonna live his life. Yeah, he's like that. He's like that, and boom. And that's that's how I want to live my life. And he talked about this in his book that when he started his first company, that this was student magazine, I think it was. And he, had, he said this to his friend when the first advertiser guy came in to take a meeting, he said, hey, I want you to call me every five minutes and pretend to be an advertiser. Wow. So his friend called me every five minutes. And he was like, yeah, oh, you want, you want page two? Yeah, I, I think we still have some availability for that. Okay, yep, yep. And he, he would, the whole time during that meeting, he would take these phone calls pretending he's selling out his magazine. And the meeting he was taking, the guy was like, oh, fuck, I better get on board because you know this guy's yes. selling. So that's how he got his first thing. So Gee. I was like, that always stuck with me. I was like, Good, cool move, dude. It was. It was yeah. such
0: a brilliant fucking move, and that's why. Like when I said, it, I was like, "There's a difference between bullshitting and lying. Lying is fucking just dirty and gross, and bullshitting is like, yeah, you know what? It's not fully the truth. I used
2: to say I don't, I don't do that anymore because I try. I'm trying to be like way more. Yeah, I know. I get warned now. Yeah, me too. But like, I used to go. I used to call it future projecting. Yes, <laughs> you know yes, I mean? yes, yes. It's not lying or bullshit. I'm future projecting. It's like uh, it's you know like what, what you said
0: earlier: physical or uh, p- professional. What the
2: fuck before therapy? What was the word? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what's it? Professional. Co- what is it? Professional uh, coaching. Performance coaching. Performance coaching. Oh, there we go. Same yeah. thing.
0: Yes, if stock markets can do their earnings yes. and why can't we exactly
2: right, right there you right, go right, a yeah. new argument for my way of doing <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though it's like <laughs> fucking bullshit but whatever man but so I started the uh, company like that and which which I was damn. super happy if. I finally like had a lot of money like I was doing for what I saw as a lot of money yeah. you know what I mean and I was doing well and you know like it's first time that I finally like splurged on something that was like not survival. What it was, was like it? a vanity thing. I bought, like my car. It's I sold the car I have now. Actually, it's it's like BMW yes. Cabrio that like with the roof. So it was like always like I, I need. It. And you just so, got it. So I got it then, and uh, and I was very proud of it. Like in hindsight, I don't care anymore because yes. I'm, I realized I'm not a dude, car person. my next car is gonna be so, like a Honda fucking Civic. Yeah, like I realized, so I realized, I realized, I realized later on I'm not I'll a car care. person. Like I still like it when I put the roof down sometimes yeah. because it feels nice. Yeah. But like I realize I'm not a car person and I realize I don't care that much about stuff like that. The
0: only car I care you about know. is getting a cyber truck. But yeah, until that truck. fucking is fully until that shit is fucking fully out, dude. My next car is I don't even give a fuck, dude. I just want to yeah. stack money, save money. And for me, dude, I was like leasing cars, right? Which is like the worst financial decision you could ever ever do it's like here you go here's fifteen thousand dollars and then i get nothing yeah yeah. what the fuck yeah yeah. it should be a goddamn crime um so for me dude until that just pull out dude my next car i don't give a shit dude i really don't i mean i'm
2: gonna i'm gonna ride my car till it breaks but uh but like i'm not a huge car person anyway yeah well like i'd rather like eventually get like a nice place to live or something that would that that would be nice well that's exactly yeah that's it a tennis court would be nice but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but anyway there, so, yeah. like, I started that company, and like, and this is probably, like, this says also where I was in my mental state because I, I obviously wasn't mentally healthy at this point at all. Um, so, like, I got it going. I was really excited about it. And I was very focused on it and I was f- doing good. But then, once I got to a certain number where I felt like, oh, I'm comfortable now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then I just like coasted because I was just like, I didn't like the company that much. I'm yeah. not passionate about cars. I didn't give a fuck. About, like, I wasn't passionate about the company at all. You know? So, I was like, oh, like, now I'll just coast and enjoy my life. Yeah. And so I, that's what I did. So I basically just enjoyed my life for almost the next two-ish plus years. Wow. You know what I mean? And and I traveled a lot, which was amazing. I, I just partied a lot, dated a lot. Like, I did, did all that stuff, which was fun. You yeah. know what I mean? Until it became, felt empty. You How old I mean? were you? Uh, f- der, almost, I was under 30. So I must have been 28 or 29. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was, I think I was twenty eight, twenty seven. 27. I had 27 when I had this company. So 27, 28, 29. Probably around there, I was just having fun, and like all I cared about was living as hedonistically as possible. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Good choice of words. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all I cared about at the time. Which at the time, like as long as you're going, you don't feel like something's wrong. Correct. You know what I mean? But then, like slowly, especially after a really bad relationship, I, I realized that things aren't going well and that I'm really unhappy. You know what I mean? And and part of it was just. Like mental stuff obviously and and but part of it was the company too I, I didn't like the company. I was burned out i didn't like it. it was just pure stress. I spent most of my days yelling at people wow. because in that business like you're dealing with logistics, people don't really do anything unless you're aggressive with them. They just don't like I tried it the nice way first, trust me, <laughs> you know, I'd rather do that. you know what I mean, but they wouldn't listen, then they would take advantage, and then you so then you have to be more aggressive to get shit done. And it's like, I didn't want to have every day be that I need to yell at someone. You know what I mean? So like, and, and I just didn't like it. So I like eventually stopped that. But at the same time, I had started a, a management company, Holy which shit. I did enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember when I started that, I started while I had the car company, because obviously that shit doesn't make any money until you get a certain amount of clients and them yeah. booking and stuff. It's it's very much like being an actor, honestly. Um, so I started it because my brother had a manager at the time and an agent. And I was watching what was going on and I was like, this manager doesn't seem to be doing that much for you, yeah. you know? And I was watching him and I was like, you know what? I feel like I can do a better job than that. You know what I mean? So I was like, why don't I just start a company? Should be easy. Holy <laughs> shit. <Wasn't it> easy? <laughs> <laughs> so I So I was like, I'll start, I'll start a management company. Fine. That's fine. So I started the management company and it was fucking hard because like in the management you need like three recommendations to just get access to the breakdowns which is basically the auditions to get yeah. access to the uh, being able to submit to auditions you need three recommendations but if you don't know anyone you don't know shit it's fucking yeah. tough to get those recommendations wait, you, wait what <laughs> you do you know? mean by
0: so for people yeah. listening what do you mean by recommendations and
2: so there's there's, there's this thing called breakdown services right so they they everyday posts when it's not COVID, they post 60, like 60, 70 shows that have roles that need to be filled that are auditions. Okay. Right? And so that's kind of what you submit your actors to, you pitch your actors to and you try to get them in the audition room like that. So to get on that website, you need three recommendations from people in the industry to show that you're trustworthy and legitimate because they don't want... Just random judgments. Yeah, they don't want everything's just getting out. They're very strict about this shit. Um, so like... So, if that was the first problem. I'm like, fuck, how am I going to do that? Yeah. And uh, so, basically, like, again, like, I just bullshit a little bit, called some people, yeah. and, and until some people gave me recommendations. Holy shit. You know what I mean? And then finally got off the ground. What and, would you th- say, Ho Home? What mm. would you say? How the fuck?
0: You just call someone, hey, give me a recommendation. You don't fucking know me. No,
2: I, I, would, so I, would, I would do it backwards. So, what I did, I told a couple of actors that I knew through Thomas, my brother, and, uh, and I told them like, hey, look, I'll sign you. I'm about to get access to the breakdowns. Just put me in contact with your agent so I can get this recommendation and I'm, I'll, I'll try to get it through that and then I'll get it going like that. So, so that's shit. how I did it. And then I called them and, uh, and I remember even one of the guys I convinced into it because I saw, it, I, I did research on them. And I saw that he was also from Europe. So I basically spelled the spiel, like, hey, Europeans got to stick together, you know? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So that's basically how I got it done. And so it took a little bit more time than I thought when I originally started it. Because like anything, you're always always so like, it's almost sometimes better to just go into it a little bit more naively and blindly. Because if you start overthinking the shit, and if I knew how difficult it was going to be and how long it would take to make decent money, then I don't think I would have gotten into it. No, of course. Because it it was way harder than I expected. So sometimes it's just basically just start, get going and be a little naive and learn on the job. Because if you really overthink the shit, you're not going to want to do it. (laughs) The greatest advice (laughs) ever given to me. The greatest advice. (laughs) Really great advice.
0: (laughs) Four words. Mm. Just fucking do it. Yeah. We spend so much time overthinking things and rethinking and overthinking this, that, and the other, blah, 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 instead of just fucking doing it. And then along the way, you'll learn, you'll figure it out. And that's stressful
2: for a lot of people. Of course. Because it and, and that's why I also think. You have to know yourself to know if entrepreneurship or starting your own company. Not everyone needs to start their own company. I think some it's kind of become cool to do your own company, but it's not. It's not cool. It's actually pretty grimy. You know what I mean? Like it's not cool. Like so. Like if you don't need to do this, or you don't feel like you like this is something you really want, don't do it. Yeah. Because it's fucking hard. You need to be okay with a lot of uncertainty because you're fully dependent on yourself. Yeah. And the amount of money really is. Based on your performance, if you're okay, if you love that, then do it. Otherwise, don't do it because there's so much uncertainty, and you're like super dependent on yourself. Like yeah. it, it's not an easy thing. It's just too much. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot
0: for a lot of people. Starting a business is not easy. Whatever not the fuck easy. it is, and you have to be willing to put in the work, and you have to be consistent, man. Mm-hmm. Consistency is fucking key. To it, and it's
2: and it's and it's you have to be consistent and just make sure you show up. I think sometimes people feel bad that they're not like their best every day. It's, it's okay to not be your best every day. As long as you just showed up, yeah. sometimes that pushes shit forward because that's kind of happened sometimes at the management company. Just keeping it going and showing up has. when I've had bad periods or even especially mental health periods, sometimes it's still moved forward because at least we kept it going. Oh, you know 100%. what I mean? Like it's unrealistic to think you're going to always show up like fucking driven and hungry because you won't always. You know no. you're going to have bad days, you're going to have bad periods, but just keep showing up at least even if it's not like 100%, if it's 80% that day, bring your 80%. Yeah. That's fine.
0: And that's a good you know? thing to point out is like, yeah. dude, life is a goddamn roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know, and to think that you're going to be 100% on every single day is not realistic. Some days you're on 150% and some days you're on 75%, but just showing up. And that's that consistency part, yeah. right? It's just fucking seeing it through. Um, so for you, right, you, you, you got those three recommendations. Yeah. You signed a couple yeah. people. What the fuck yeah. was that like? What was it like? Dude, ha- it, was
2: fu- it, was, it, was, it was It was fun for me. But yeah. like, but I find these things fun. Yeah. You know, I, I like k- kind of get kind of a kick out of doing things that I'm not completely understand yet. I kind of like winging it a lot. You know I what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which is good sometimes in these areas. Yeah. Not great for your personal life. No. But like, it's, it's good for this. You know what I mean? For the most part up until you get the business growing, then you can't wing it anymore as much. You need to start preparing a lot more, yeah. which has hurt me sometimes, you know what I mean? Which is I've learned to prepare a hell of a lot more because I know that's what's needed. Yeah. So you need to be able to balance that out. But there is a good thing about being able to wing is because you don't overthink too much. Yes. And that's the thing that stops most people from starting anything because they just overthink the fuck out of it. Like, what could go wrong? Or maybe this, or it's too saturated or this and this and this. Yep. And it's like, just fucking start. because Just like, all, fucking do it. Yeah, just fucking do it. Like, honestly. Yes. And, and that's that's a hard thing because there's so many thoughts that go in your mind and fears that you have. And like, when I started, I didn't have any of that, luckily. You know what I mean? Like, I think I have it more now with things. I think okay. now, like, as I've gotten older and Come quote unquote a little bit more responsible you know like i've learned to be more prepared which is also added that i'm a little bit more like <laughs> i have a little bit more fear with things yeah. not even like fear like oh i'm scared but more like i don't just blindly go into things anymore okay like i need to be more sure of going into things now yeah you know what i mean so i think that's good but i it's always like trying to balance it out because now i sometimes i think i overthink it I I, that happens happens all the time I
0: think it's going to be a never ending battle that is for sure Um, but
2: but when I started it to, to answer your question basically so then first we got going I didn't know what the fuck I was doing like I'd never done management you know what I mean and most people that go into management or an agency the traditional path is to do like two, three years of an assistant, being an assistant of an agent or being an assistant of a manager. Being a bitch, yeah. Yeah, basically. And 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 then maybe you become junior manager or maybe you become an agent or whatever you do. But it's a long path because the entertainment industry, they do make it hard. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone wants, there's so many people that want to work in it. You know what I mean? So there's a whole like paying your dues thing. But I'm not a super believer in paying dues. Yeah, 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 so I you know that. what I mean? I'm, I believe in paying dues at your own business Yes. and it's going to be a grind and it's going to be fucking hard. But I'm not going to go work as an assistant three years when i want to do this like i'm just gonna get it started yeah you know what i mean so that's so that's kind of how it went but that comes with its own like trials and tribulations basically yes Yes. um but it it was tough and then i learned like slowly how to do it how to do it better and it's still improving and now i like i i'm genuinely proud of where it's at but it's still for me like i only still feel like i'm at step one you know what okay, I mean? I like it. I feel like we've taken a big step in the past year. That's really like we got a series regular, like we got like 53 actors at this point. I got wow. another manager on staff. So like it's grown and it's doing okay in my opinion, but I know where I want it to go. Yeah. And it's nowhere near that. For me, like we took a one step a year ago. You know there what I mean? Go. And now it's like let's build on that momentum, which is why it's fucking sucked, obviously, when the COVID shit happened, because yeah. we we're finally like building momentum. I was like, okay, this is gonna be our year. Now the industry's kind of dead. So it's kind of slowed things down, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a temporary pause. We'll just keep going. Probably 2021 will be our year then. Yeah, you know that's what, I mean? what,
0: yeah, everyone's saying like springtime. Yeah, and,
2: and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it is I, what it is. Yeah, it is what you can't do. It's out of yeah. your control, you no. know, and that's still hard. You know, there's definitely days where I'm just like, uh, what's the point of anything? But, you know but what the I mean? thing
0: is, is like, imagine if everything was shitty in your life and it was in your control. Yeah. right uh, compared to you know things maybe not going so well but it's out of your control it's no yeah. fault of anyone's own that is going through all of this we're all going through and on different fucking levels for sure but it's no fault of our own right um so for you to be able to just kind of bypass the whole industry and fucking 53 actors and another man like that's yeah. just fucking mind-blowing man yeah. because i know uh with, with the list of my wife she works in this industry i know exactly what paying your dues means right yeah. and it's fucking blood sweat and tears oh
2: she, she's a makeup artist right? yes that's a fucking hard yeah, yeah
0: so she definitely paid her Dude, dues and, to, yeah. but the ah, the fucking just great thing and terrible thing at the same time is like she'd been paying her dues for five, five years dude and finally in the past six months before all this you know covid stuff uh blew up right she was killing yep. it netflix this movie that movie. it was just fucking mind blowing and just seeing her paycheck and how happy she yeah. was and just like i was like god damn girl you're gonna fucking do it i'm gonna see you fucking with an like an emmy or a, you know yeah, an yeah. oscar one day and um and then all this happened right and i you know i can't put myself in her shoes i'm just her I'm, i mean i'm her husband but you know for her she's just like one single thing and that's where she puts all of her energy right yeah. um with me i'm like fucking you know three four things and that's where i put my energy but i uh, you know i've been able to still work i've been able to still go and like build my business and all this. Well, that's shit. where
2: it's good sometimes to be like more like us in that yeah. way is that because you have multiple things that you're kind of passionate about or you're interested in and you want to try or you want to start or whatever you yeah. want to do that like even when this is happening there's still ideas going on in your head yes. of what else to do <laughs> yeah. whereas like if you and and I'm also sometimes jealous of people that have that singular passion like that. I get that. that. I because get that. I don't think I'm that. I don't, I don't no. think there's one thing in my life that I'm just like, boom, it used to be tennis yeah. when I was going prof- trying to be professional there. But I don't have that anymore. There's not like one thing where I'm just super laser, like I'm 100% only about this and this is me yeah like I don't identify of any of that like but I I realize I'm passionate about growing things yes you know yeah. what I mean I enjoy that a lot I, I enjoy that progress of these things I'm feeling I, uncomfortable
0: I, my friend I like yeah. to feel uncomfortable which is so weird like when I smoke weed right which is not not as much as I used to back in the day that's for sure but I like smoking sativa because um, it's like that upper it's the stuff that makes you kind of feel anxious yeah. right um, that's why I'm a big proponent for like mushrooms it like brings everything to the front right and that's why I like like business right it's like i want to feel uncomfortable if i'm not feeling fucking uncomfortable and i'm feeling just comfortable then i'm not living like well that's, I want that's to hard like,
2: like that's like that's when i like get those feelings of getting bored you know and it yeah. used to be like when i had like a car company and other stuff that was going on I would automatically assume it was my personal life that I was bored with. But that wasn't the case at no. all. It was actually because I was bored about the things that I was doing. Yeah. You know, and I think I think you need to be able to realize that sometimes because I think it's dangerous if you're like you or like me, where you think that way sometimes, then if you're in a committed relationship, for example, then you might sometimes think like because you're feeling bored that the relationship's not good. Yeah. But that's of not all. that's not the case. You know, yes. you know, you're not necessarily. It's, yeah. It could be all the stuff where your energy is supposed to be going. You're not interested in any of it right now. Of course, I and mean, that's
0: way more. Well, you know. got to figure, man. Like with a relationship, it's like this much time. Your entire day, you're spending that much time. Yeah. So if you think this little bit of time, right, is all the fucking problem, I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes, okay, sometimes it, is. it is.
2: Because let's let's be like a relationship. Like like it can it can take a lot of mental energy. It can take yeah. a lot of fucking yeah. a lot of that.
0: But a lot of times, it's these other things that's going on in your life that's infecting this, yeah. right? Um, and so it's good to be able to, to recognize that, um, you know, for you, you talked
2: about, you know, the car company
0: and now the management, do
2: you do the car company anymore? No, no, no. Like I stopped that at this point. Like, I think it's been. Two or three years at this point. It's been. A, it feels like a long time ago, but I think it's almost three years at this okay, point. Okay. Okay. So like, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't want to touch that anymore. I don't even want to hear that company's name anymore. <laughs> like, just hearing that company's names puts me in a bad mood. So I get it. I yeah, get it. Respect. 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 PTSD there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So as we kind of start to bring this all together and wrap mm-hmm. it up, right? Um, What's the future hold, man? What's What's next, right? Like after fucking COVID's gone, like what is next for you?
2: Uh well and the management company is a big focus of mine. Like I know where I want that to go. Like I want it to be one of the top management companies in LA. And the way we're running it and the philosophy behind it, it's being run like that. And the people that I have now, my assistant and my other manager, like they're like that. So everything everything's there. The pieces are there. Now it's just for the results to start flowing in. But I'm a big believer if your process is good, which I believe ours is these results will start coming in. The timeline, who fucking knows? Like there's yeah. too much out of my control there, you know, but it will come. So like, I know where that's going. So that's like one of my focuses right now and where I want that to go. The other thing is like, I also have the podcast that I told you about uh,
0: like, uh, talk about that real quick. What's it called?
2: Yeah. It's called breaking through with Apollo. All right. So that's, that's my entertainment podcast. It's all about people in the industry, casting directors, directors, actors. It's all about that. And really showing kind of the behind the scenes because it's a very like in general, mysterious industry. Yeah, People don't, aren't very transparent in it, which I always, I, I never really understand because it's like, just be transparent. Like, what are you trying to hide? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that. very transparent. I talk about pretty much everything. Same how I am with my actors. I'm very yeah. open and transparent. Uh, so that's one. And like I said, I'm, I'm thinking of starting one for fun. Like I've Yes, t- and I think you that you should, man. Yeah. I think
0: that you really, really should. Um You're really good at speaking and sharing your emotion and being open and being transparent, which I think is so important when starting a podcast or doing any podcast, right? Not being a fucking robot, being as real as you possibly can. Uh, One of the reasons that I started the podcast was, I was tired of having these two different people, Mm -hmm. right? The people, the person that everyone sees on the outside and who I'm on the inside. And I'm like, fuck it, dude. Like, I'm just going to lay it all on the line. And if you don't like me, a family doesn't like, I don't give a fuck because (laughs) what I care about is being as honest and as real. Because if I can help one person, two people, 10 people, through the stories that my guests share through the stories that I share I think that's what's important because if I just lie and say that this didn't happen or that didn't happen or I'm you just try to be this like cool yes, guy or like, something no I'm not yeah. fucking cool I'm a goddamn <laughs> nerd like I, I just hyper focused on shit all the time and bipolar as fuck and you know just motherfucking crazy fucking. That's just to who I am. That's why. Just- that's
2: why. I de- like, the, especially the podcasting, I feel like it's really fun, and that's why I want to do more of that. Because, yeah. like, I also just I love learning. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's why. I also, like, I've talked so much about therapy today, but that's also why I'm like obsessed with psychology and stuff. I just find it super interesting. Yeah, you know. So, like, I want to do mo- like something in that area just for fun. Like, Lily no point to it no career point with it like literally I just want to do it because I would enjoy those conversations yes
0: yeah and I trust trust me man I totally get that for me I want to talk to everyone I want to talk to doctors, scientists, actors musicians fucking uh, management talent like everyone dude because you know I come from the philosophy man if I surround myself with you know smarter people than myself what's it gonna do you know for for me I've only become a better human being um, by surrounding myself with these individuals and having great yep. conversations and and to be able to share them man I, with the world i think is so important it's like you know back to your stories about real people and real stories and it's like people can relate to that you know and for you uh, to be able to hear your entire fucking story all over the That's damn a story map, yeah. man. <laughs> i mean we just only touched on bits and pieces yeah. right because we got off into tangents yeah um but i think it's really important for the individual that is listening to it because they're going to be able to gravitate you know for the for the the kid that grew up moving to seven different places that's maybe a little bit lost and doesn't understand what to do well they can look at your story and be like well this motherfucker has been through it
1: yeah and and
2: i think that like is something like i want to mention too because like i feel like something that's important to realize is that you can always learn you can always grow you can always change and i and 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 i growing up i was like for a variety of reasons i was very repressed i was very shy i honestly was like like i know a lot of people say this probably but i was the shyest kid you've ever met like i had no fucking social life talking to girls no 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 like literally (laughs) didn't talk to girls at all till i was like 18 19 but i learned how to do even then I, i was always very good at like Okay like I want to learn this and I'm not going to accept that this is who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even then when I was 18 19 I remember Googling like how to do that. Yes. And I found like this course and this book I'm, I'm not even lying, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I did. I don't, like, I'm actually like, I used to be ashamed of it because I was like, oh, it's not I natural. Really yeah. No, man. I, if my na- like not, e- not even that shy self, that was not my natural self either. Yeah. That's just trauma and repression that that was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I learned the skills needed to like learn all this shit and then therapy to uncover more of it. Yes. But like it, I, I'm a firm believer that whatever you think you are, like it's not set in stone. Like you can learn, oh, you can God. become whatever the fuck you want. Yes, is there natural things that you're stronger yeah. at or way of being? Like are like some people more introverted than extroverts, for example. For sure. For sure. But you can learn pretty much any skill. You
0: can, you can. Uh, I think values are a big thing that are ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. Um, can they change? Yeah, absolutely. Are yeah. they harder to change?
2: Way, fuck, way, way yes. harder to change. But even though, because yes, you talked can. about, you talked about like how you used to like lie a lot, and yeah, and, and same it's here, so true same here. Yeah. Touche. And to me, that's a value too. Like is honesty a is a value, and it now is. I value that really highly. Yeah. I still fuck you know? up,
0: man. I fucked up today, but you know yeah, what? Yeah, me man? too.
2: But like, but it's imp- But it's an important value now. Yeah. like you talk about it I do you know what I mean I and there's do. other things like that that you can start to grow towards if it's important enough
0: yes 100% yeah. man I uh, uh, one last time mm-hmm. um, what's the name of your podcast uh, Breaking Through with Apollo and where can they find it
2: uh, it can be on Spotify and I think it's called Apple podcast now. Isn't yes, it, it is. Yeah. Yes,
0: it is. Good yeah. job, man. Yeah. Um, and I'll put all the information, uh, your information in the show notes, but yeah. I just really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, man, for coming on, talking with me. I mean, I would have never thought from, you know, the moment that I met you, you know, what was a couple of weeks ago, whenever yeah. I cut yeah. your hair, right yeah. to this, I, uh, I really appreciate your time, your honesty, respect, keep on doing what you're doing, bro.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing me on, man. I was looking forward to this all week, actually. Yeah, yeah. brother. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Cheers. Cheers. Mazeltoff. All
0: right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for listening back to your story, people. Have a good night. Peace out, motherfucker. Fun, man.
1: Yeah. I got it.